Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tom. This is the 205th edition of this, uh, the weekly show in which we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. I'm your host, Jimmy Uthie, joined by my co-host, Holden Sutter. How's it going today, Jimmy? Oh, I'm doing just well. Just well. Better than Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I will say that. He's a little old there. So. He is a little old. <laughs> He's a little older than us. Of course, feel free to skip to the podcast any part uh, that you would want to listen to. Use the time codes in the description. We're going to be talking about all sorts of things. We have a great show for you today featuring our reviews of the first four Indiana Jones films. We're going to do a spoiler discussion, so if you want to check that out, again, links in the description, time codes. Uh, we're also going to talk about the first episode of Marvel's Secret Invasion on Disney+, Plus. so we'll get our reactions to that. We also have some news this week. We're going to be talking about trailer reactions for Challengers with Zendaya, Dumb Money about the GameStop uh, kind of... Uh, Wall Street thing. The boom. The boom. Drive away dolls. The new Ethan Cohen. Ethan Cohen. Ethan Cohen. And additionally, we're going to talk about companies pulling out of Comic-Con. El Muerto is maybe not happening. And more. Buckle your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen, because we're about to dive in right now. That one movie podcast. Dump. All right, first, Jimmy, we've got to talk about the Toms. If you say so, my beloved Holden Sutter, co-host of of this podcast. Of course, Jimmy, other co-host. The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! Tom's is the rapid fire segment in which we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Tom's, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. All right, sweet Holden. First up, we have trailers. So we have Challengers. This is the new Zendaya movie coming out uh, September 15th. If you are like, man, I just want to see a movie that is entirely a love triangle. Yeah. This appears to be what it is. In more than one way, a love triangle, because tennis, you know. Why is it a triangle? I don't know. Just love <laughs> in tennis. <laughs> I don't know anything about tennis, Jimmy. I just well, know love is a term, right? Yeah. I was going to say, Holden, you got to remember, love means nothing in tennis, because when you begin a okay. game and love, love, you know, here you score first, 15 love. Who invented the scoring of tennis? I have no idea. Dumb. Don't it's know stupid. About tennis. Why doesn't Deuce begin at 30 30? There's no functional difference between 30 30 and 40 40. Okay. It should just start there. <laughs> I want my questions answered. I've never looked it up, but I've wondered it. Maybe you'll get your answers in this tennis movie, Jimmy. Yeah, maybe I will. Um, this is directed by, I can never remember how to pronounce his name. It's uh, Luca Guadagnino or something like that. It's oh, wow. The, I'm sure that's exactly that. how you do it. Uh, but he directed uh, Call Me By Your Name and uh, Bones and All, which we reviewed mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. on the podcast. Yes. So he's a talented director. Um I'm not sure I would have talked to, or brought it up on the podcast if it wasn't him and Zendaya because it's yeah. not really a movie I'd care about otherwise. But yeah, yeah. so uh, I'm going to go Bergeron for this one because it's kind yeah. of a wait and see for me. Obviously, the director uh, is uh, well known, well regarded mm-hmm. for those other movies that he has done previously. 
Um, however, we got to see. I do like Zendaya as an actress. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that she is once again playing a teenager and an adult. Yeah, at in the, the same, same movie. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks really no different between them. Because <laughs> that was the conversation with, well, her hair is shorter, Holden. Oh, is okay. And she wears sunglasses. Okay, yeah. She's got a backwards baseball cap on. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, uh, Steve Buscemi. I was going to say uh, Chris Rock, right? Oh, or, yeah, that too. And um, and Spiral. <laughs> uh, but uh, what was I going to say now? Oh, we the, that was the whole conversation because when, um, what was it, Malcolm and Marie? What was that movie called? Oh, yeah, Malcolm and Marie. Came out right next to like Spider-Man and people were like, this is weird. <laughs> um, but here she is doing it in the same movie. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Bergeron for me. Holden, the yeah, next Bergeron. trailer is Dumb Money, mm-hmm. which is about the whole GameStop stock kind of, I don't know what you would even call it. When did this happen? This was like early 20, was it 21 or 20? I don't know, but it was like, it was a big deal when it was going down. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool to to, to see this. I, I don't know that much about it, so I'm, I am excited to yeah. kind of learn more about what what happened specifically in this whole scenario. I'm excited because you got uh, Pete Davidson, Paul uh, Dano are in it. There's a beardless Nick Offerman, which yeah, is always Nick, cursed. Yeah, Nick Offerman, uh, Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Anthony um, Ramos from Transformers, of course. Yeah, Shailene Woodley piece. from the Divergent movies. <laughs> oh, I never did see those. So. Yeah. Um, and then who's the other one I noticed? Um, oh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, he is in like a part of the trailer. So quite a stacked cast. Yeah. Very interesting. It's um, coming from Craig Gillespie, mm-hmm. who did I, Tanya, and he mm-hmm. also directed Cru- Cruella, mm-hmm. the Cruella DeVille movie with Emma uh, Emma, not, no, uh, Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the interesting things in this is uh, one of the like billionaires, the hedge fund guys, is a guy named Steve Cohen, who was like mega rich. He also bought like the New York Mets right around this okay. time, and he's like pumping a ton of money into them <laughs> and doing all this crazy stuff. So he's kind of a... Uh, become more, even more famous uh, since this. Uh, overall, this is giving me some big, big short vibes, which I still haven't seen. But um, I, from what I understand, that makes sense. Yeah, I think it, I really like the big short. Um, yeah. And I think looks, this looks like maybe potentially even more fun, a more yeah, interesting it, story. It, it knows, it seems to know that it's like, a, it's kind of a silly story. So it doesn't seem to be taking itself that seriously. It's very ridiculous, uh, which I mean, the whole concept scene, I mean, the whole like real life story seems to be that as well. I actually know someone who did buy into the GameStop stock, but like close to its peak. So they didn't really earn any money. Oh, on it, so that kind of stunk, true. but um, yeah, no, I, I followed the story when it was happening and I thought it was, it was really interesting if, if a bit absurd. So. Yeah. Sweet. So I'm going to give dumb money actually a broca. This is coming September 22nd. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a broca. Looks, looks fun. Awesome. The last trailer we got is drive away dolls, which this is the new Ethan Cohen movie. Of course you got some of that Cohen brothers dialogue in yeah, there. It's his first movie, I believe, or that he's directed since they kind of split started doing their own thing. Mm, Cause Joel made the, the tragedy of Macbeth or whatever, yeah, which was yeah. completely different from all their other <laughs> stuff. But this seems to be much more in line with a lot of their other kind of movies. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it looks fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, got that fast-paced dialogue. I'm not too familiar with any of the the main actresses, really. The um, Margaret Qualley, she was like the daughter in The Leftovers. Okay. Um, she's also she's also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's like right. the the one Manson girl that Brad Pitt picks up or whatever. Okay, sure. Yeah, so sure. she's in stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 
man, that's been, I, I do not remember the leftovers that well. And I've only <laughs> seen the once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, once, which I need to rewatch that. But, um, you have Pat, uh, Pat, <laughs> Matt Damon and Pedro Pascal as kind of supporting roles, kind of tagging along. Matt Damon looked kind of funny. Yeah, he was like his briefcase. Brief, he's like ripping the briefcase. Um, it just kind of it can't, gave me a little bit of Fargo vibes too, with like mm-hmm. these people who are just completely out of their realm and yeah. ta- caught up in this crime thing going on, and seemingly I completely like on accident. Yeah. So pure coincidence. I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. This uh, also comes out September 22nd. Now, mm-hmm. if I was between dumb money and this, I'm probably going to go with dumb money over drive away dolls. That's what I would prefer to see. I'd, I'd but I guess it would depend on early reviews and that sort of thing sure. and kind of what we're hearing. But I mean, I want to see both. I'd probably rather see this personally just because it is like, as you said, it has that Ethan Cohen dialogue and everything. I I'm very... I'm very intrigued. The trailer doesn't give too much away. And obviously it's like dumb money. I already know the story of kind of how it goes down and I don't really know anything about this. So I think I'm a tad more interested in this, but it seems like it'll be kind of a a good weekend for movies. Hopefully. Sure. Sweet. That is trailers for this segment. All right, hold on. Let's talk about Comic-Con. What's going on there. Yeah. Uh, So Comic-Con um, it was kind of strange this week. I was seeing these reports of that, like Disney and Marvel are no longer going to be at Comic Con this year. And now, then I was seeing like HBO, Netflix, Universal, Sony, all of these people aren't going to be there. I was thinking initially, I'm like, is this like an E3 situation? Have like the yeah. companies just figured out that they can do this on their <laughs> own? <laughs> but it seems to not really be related to that. I mean, maybe it could turn into that later. But uh, apparently, uh, SAG AFTRA, one of the main actor. Uh, like unions in Hollywood is also approaching a potential strike soon, like at the end of the month, if they don't release some, like if, or if they don't come to an agreement, I think it was before June 30th. So in like three days as of recording, uh, then they might also be striking at the same time as the writers. So it was more of the companies seeing that and being like, well, if this happens, we're not going to have anyone be able to be there. <laughs> so, um, but still interesting. Yeah, weird. Because, I mean, Comic-Con is a lot of times when we get trailers and we mm-hmm. get news updates and that sort of thing. So it will be interesting to see what these companies do instead and Will that transition into a Comic-Con not being a thing? Which I know yeah. people really enjoy Comic-Cons a lot. I've never uh, been to a Comic-Con. Yeah, I can't imagine it completely going by the way of E3, like just not happening. Because, I mean, people do like to go and at least attend the festivities. But I, I could see at least it being less of a like place to announce things for yeah. studios. So More of a like, go there to buy your exclusive action figure and dress up and get some stuff signed by some famous people or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. do cosplaying Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So I'm going to go, I mean, I guess I'll go Bombadil just because it's a bummer that it's not happening for the people who look forward to partaking in it and participating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess Comic-Con is still happening, right? But there's not much going on. Yeah, that's not happening. Um, But yeah, I'll probably give it to Bombadil as well because, I mean... I've never really cared too much about Comic-Con, but I do like seeing the announcements that come out of it. It's always kind of a fun thing to talk about on the podcast. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, Bombadil. Shoot dang, Holden. Shoot. What's going on with El Muerto? Yeah, so uh, the highly anticipated El Muerto movie, <laughs> which I still can't believe at any point was ever in development, um, was apparently been removed off of Sony's release calendar. 
um, entirely with no uh, sense as to when it might actually be added again. Um, rumors are that Bad Bunny has left the project as well. I didn't get any official confirmation on that, though. I was seeing a lot of this delays as partially due to his his like touring and everything with his sure. music. Um, but yeah, that leaves the question, Jimmy. Maybe we will not see this movie, this highly anticipated Sony movie. Maybe maybe that? El Muerto está muerto. Maybe you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe it uh, is not going to make it. Um, look, this is not a movie I don't ever <laughs> think will be successful. I again, I would love. I, I am never going to be cheering against a movie. I would mm. love for every movie to come out and be transformative right. yeah. and awesome. Um, so uh, it's a. Uh, I I don't look if this movie. I'd rather have no movie come out than just a really crappy another Morbius come out. So yeah. I'll go uh, Bergeron just because I don't want to celebrate the death of a movie. But I mean, was this movie ever going to be good? <laughs> I'm very skeptical about that. See, I feel like this movie has just such a morbid curiosity with like, I'm so morbidly curious. I'm morbiously, about morbiously, morbiously curious. curious. <laughs> About how it would turn out just because, I mean, when they announced it, like, Bomb. I mean, it, terrible. Yeah, it would. But like, it's like this, no one knows who this character is. And it's a character that seemingly has only had a few appearances in the comics. It was really only being made so Bad Bunny would have like a starring role in a Sony movie because they liked him on Bullet Train or whatever. Um, I don't know. Seems bizarre. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost disappointed if we don't get it. But at the same time good that we don't have to see a bad movie it'll probably be a bad movie yeah i mean the the flip side of that coin is look nobody knew who the guardians of the galaxy exactly were, yeah, right true, and then true. i mean it's like the one of the largest superhero franchises at this point yep. so you know two sides to every coin holden just goes <laughs> to show uh yeah bergeron or um, what did i say bergeron i think i'll go bergeron for there it personally holden paramount plus yeah, so Paramount Plus, uh, they within like the last week and a half, they've canceled four shows, um, which they were uh, Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies, Star Trek Prodigy, The Game, and Queen of the Universe. Normally, it wouldn't be that notable, but like they they canceled them, and then they were like, "Oh, we're we're going to remove them from our service soon," and they did it within like two days. Wow, they just did it super quick. And the, probably the most notable thing, I, I didn't check about the other three shows exactly, but Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies, the last episode literally came out like two weeks ago. That's crazy. Yeah. So like it got canceled and then it probably was on that last episode was probably on there for like a week, maybe a week and a half. And then it got removed. Weird. What yeah. Strange. Um, so it, tax tax write off. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I've seen some people say the Grease show is actually pretty good. I don't know anything about it. I, and I forgot it existed until this, honestly, but, um, yeah, it's, it's like a shame. Cause now there's just like no way to watch these. And we've talked about this with like HBO max back last year and whatever with some of their shows, but at least in those cases, they usually had like an end date where it was like, Oh, this will be taken off in a month or yeah. something. But here they didn't give it a date and then they just removed it like two days later. That's crazy. So you didn't have any chance to binge Star Trek Prodigy or whatever. Man, not Star Trek Prodigy. <laughs> Look, I mean, I was never going to watch these. But again, mm -hmm. for the creators yeah. of these, that stinks, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that just is a bummer. So 
obviously I don't I don't know the financial situation here. I don't I don't I'm looking at this very much from the outside in. So I'm gonna go uh, a Bergeron overall just because I don't know. But if you are a creator of the show, then it, I could see it definitely being a bombadil for yeah. you personally. That would just stink that your stuff would just be gone and hopefully it ends up somewhere else yeah. right on a tubi yeah. or on a pluto or on you know youtube or something that sure. people can <laughs> and see it and but you probably won't be getting the same residuals and that sort of thing and who knows um it's just a bummer because you know ideally you would like to see a lot of streaming originals do well so then you would see more of them but i feel like these streaming services still don't quite understand what originals work and what yeah. don't. So yeah. we'll have to see how this plays out. I think one of the more interesting things for me is that like Star Trek Prodigy, obviously it's a Star Trek show and that's like such a big core thing for Paramount Star Trek. And they're just like getting rid of it. Like, yeah, I don't That's weird. And I know, I, I think that one's a kid show or something. So it's probably not, you know, crucial to the, the Star Trek cinematic universe or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, bizarre i'll probably give it a, a bombadil overall um yeah sorry for any of the fans of those shows dune part two holden it's a movie coming out later this year you have some interesting little tidbit about someone who's going to appear in the credits yeah um so it was kind of a surprise when doing the notes for this week i saw that our uh our good friend of the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> craig uh Ma- is it mazin or mazin i can't remember I just call him Craig, you know. Yeah, just, we're we just know, we're, we're first name, name basis. Basis Craig. Uh, but Cra- I, I'll say Craig Mazin. Uh, he's the uh, showrunner for The Last of Us series and did Chernobyl uh, previously. Um, but he is uh, receiving a writing credit on the film after he was called to do some touch-ups uh, by the director, uh, Denis Villeneuve. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I don't know if it's caused by the writing strike at all. <laughs> you know, yeah, that I don't makes know. me wonder, but I don't know. I'm just complete speculation there uh but uh interesting i mean obviously he he wrote a lot of really good things he's doing does a really good job of adapting things for the last of us uh obviously chernobyl is very very well written so be interesting to see this he definitely puts a priority i think on characters yeah um so we'll see how he can kind of flesh out a lot of those characters that's probably good too because i feel like oh sorry i feel like the one of the weaker aspects of the first film is the characters. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, I, I've only seen it once Mm -hmm. when it came out in theaters, but I felt like Dune was part one was definitely a very plot heavy movie. Right. And, and I think they developed Paul pretty interestingly, but you know, or I I thought, uh, Oscar Isaac's character, whatever, Atreides. Yeah. Something Um, Atreides. Dad Atreides. Yeah. I was going to say dad Atreides. (laughs) He was pretty well fleshed out and and some of them, but I think there was even more room for humanity in, Mm -hmm. in this sci-fi epic so cool to see uh hopefully i i it would not surprise me at all to see craig mazin be like oh i love dune it's my favorite book of all time <laughs> you know just because he said that about the last of us a ton so he just seems like a really uh exciting passionate guy who uh does a good job at enhancing stories so i i'm curious to see um what he changed and i hope he comes out at some point and and talks about exactly what he edited after the movie comes out yeah be interesting the the only other thing i know about this was he he said in the interview that he talked about this that he, he was like yeah i, I consider myself kind of out of movies right now but you know if denis villeneuve comes a knock and i'm not gonna say no yeah so <laughs> yeah denis denis doesn't come to knock on my door yet yeah, no not yet, yet. denis <laughs> if you want to be on the podcast we'd love to have you 
Um, and I think that's all the news for this week, Holden, already. Yeah. Short yeah. news segment this week, so we'll have to make up for it with some deeper discussions later. No Tom Pies this week because we didn't go no. to the theater, so... Uh, well, Tom Pies, our famous weekly review of Popeyes. That we've done twice. That we've done twice <laughs> now. We'll have to return next week. So mm-hmm. let's go into our spoiler discussion of the first episode of Marvel's Secret Invasion on Disney+. Plus. All right. Uh, Marvel's Secret Invasion, the newest uh, Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. Um, based on a fairly popular uh, comic series of the same name. I think it's it like a lot of the Marvel stuff. I think it's like loosely based on the name, but like takes a lot of liberties or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this uh, stars uh, Samuel L. Jackson returning as Nick Fury alongside other people. Alongside <laughs> other people. Very nice. Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn is back. Is Amelia, Amelia Clark is his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, Spoilers. I, I said spoilers, oh, oh, Holden. Yeah, Come on, gee whiz. <laughs> he doesn't listen to me. I do not. Uh, Secret Invasion, the first episode, you've seen it. Um, I think this opening, the opening 10 minutes, I thought were really good. Yeah, I personally, very interesting. I, I thought the opening monologue was well written. I was kind of mm-hmm. caught off guard because I think, <laughs> not that, you know, when I watch a Marvel movie, my like expectations, expectations are, are like well, here and then. Oh, it's a little bit better than that. Yeah. And not that Marvel is necessarily bad, but I just like, especially for the Disney Plus shows, I'm just kind of expecting it to be kind of mid. Yeah. And then when they're hitting some, you know, nice beats and the, some actually like good dialogue at the beginning with that monologue, I thought that was interesting. Obviously, you're like, well, one of the, you know, this is this actually yeah. the op- agent Ross or whatever, or mm-hmm. is he a scroll? And you kind of go back and forth, and then you're like, I think he definitely is. And who's this guy? And what's going to happen? And also just him explaining the plot for someone like me, I don't know anything about. Yeah. Secret, inve- other than it's a bunch of scrolls shape shifting and stuff. Um. So I thought that was all really interesting, and you had yeah. that kind of fun chase. And the reveal, um, and I, I thought it was just a really well done opening sequence. Yeah, I did too. It, I mean, it and it makes context for that character in other movies. Like, how long has he been a scroll? Or you know, it's it brings into question with that uh, Martin Freeman oh, yeah. character. So yeah, but I, yeah, I thought it was really fun. Uh, but he obviously gets killed, so we'll see if he returns. What? Martin Freeman in some way. Martin Freeman was that Black Panther too, where it was like he should just be cut out of this yeah. movie. Yeah, <laughs> was that was that. Maybe he was just a scroll the whole time. Maybe makes it even more pointless. <laughs> um, the the main titles have been getting some controversy because they're AI generated or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I I'm I'm in the camp of I don't I think they should have just got someone to make it. Yeah, like that's where I'm, I'm like I'm like if you're like a small indie filmmaker, like sure. But you're Disney. Like, yeah. You're like, Disney. You're telling me you can't, like, the manpower, the, you don't have the people to do this? Mm-hmm. It, it's bizarre. And, like, the visuals are, I get what they're going for, but it's, it. I don't know. I feel like it would just be cooler and more, it would have more personality if, like, someone actually made it. Right? Yeah. Like, it's just kind of, I don't know. It It's... Once again, I get what they're going for, but I don't know. I don't know. I like I, the like. I like the idea of it. Yeah. Um. And I'm guessing that there was some human element involved in it, and like touching things up or animating things a little, bit a little bit from AI generated art. But it's just kind of weird that they would choose to do that. Whatever. I mean, it's not going to be a deal breaker for me. But no. way to set the precedent, Disney, of just 
it's just using embracing AI. AI art, I guess. I, I did see some people were talking like, oh, well, it's AI art. So I guess it's public domain then, huh? <laughs> based on <laughs> based on what little precedent there is. So. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I think music wise, I didn't notice the music a ton, but I think I liked the music. pretty. I liked the yeah. opening credits music, I think, but it w- I can't remember it off the top of my head. I can't remember it too much. I saw this almost completely. I think I saw it last Wednesday, so almost a week ago. As okay. Recording. Well, I watched it just a few hours ago, so yeah. I have so no you, know, you have it more fresh. Um, otherwise, I do <laughs> I do think the there are a couple other interesting things that happen in this episode, but it is just a lot of Nick Fury sitting down and talking with people about yeah, exposition. It's a lot of exposition in this episode. And then they go, you know, Nick Fury, you really haven't been the same since you came back from your spaceship. It's almost like we're trying to make the audience think you're a scroll, but you're probably not. Probably not. No. Probably not a scroll. Yeah, it's I from what I understand, I, I think like I didn't try to read too deep into the reviews for this or anything. It kind of seems like this episode is a lot of exposition and maybe it's less so later on, but I guess like you're trying to cram everything into six episodes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that's happened since uh, with the scrolls and Nick Fury since last we really saw them in any real detail. So you have to cram a lot in. So I kind of get it, but yeah, it is, it's not the most engaging episode for a lot of it. No. Um, um but what I did like was I liked the whole scroll rebel nuclear power plant outpost yeah, that was, thing. That was cool. Um, and that whole kind of society and how it works, and Amelia Clark walking us through that with the new recruit. Um, and then obviously we find out Amelia Clark is the daughter of Ben Mendelssohn's character, Talos or whatever her name. Talos is his name, and her name is Gaia, I believe. Yeah. Um, there was actually a chunk there where I didn't know how they were going to pull it off, but I was like, maybe she's not a scroll, and she's just there. Like, yeah, well, warrior. they were like, yeah, they were like, well, us warriors, we stay in our human form longer, so it takes yeah. more. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Which nice. The- <laughs> I don't know if that actually makes sense in the context of scroll abilities, but mm. whatever. It makes sense. Don't I'd rather see her just like herself than in all that makeup. And yeah. I'm sure she would rather <laughs> be there <laughs> and not in all that makeup <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah, I thought that was all really interesting how not only were they just, they were actually not just shape shifting into people. They were like recruiting or kind of kidnapping or luring people in mm-hmm. to like copy them and then take their mind and memories, almost like yeah. a replicant situation. Yeah, yeah. And then they're basically just go back and replace this person in society. I thought that was really interesting. So, you know, theoretically down the line, maybe there is Nick Fury's there and he's got the lasers going into his head. I don't think so. I think that's they're trying to get us to think that. Yeah, I um, don't think he is. I don't I think. All right. I uh is the the is the main leader like Nick Fury's son, did did Nick Fury get to did, get together oh, with the scroll? Like I that's, don't know. I never thought that's that. That's what I Maybe. thought they were alluding. Like <laughs> Maybe. because because they're like Nick Fury. Did you come back to space for Talos, Ben Mendelsohn's character, or did you come back for someone else? And he's like looking out the window, and then it goes and cuts to the guy. Um, that's a good theory. I've not heard that, like thought about that. At that's all. what I, I was <laughs> like. And then he talks about, he's like, Hey, I have mm-hmm. 30 years of hands-on experience, hands-on oh, experience with the scrolls. <laughs> I'm like, that guy is probably about 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, and I thought it was a little bit obvious, honestly, when they were in the Russian square where, um, 
the red square, I think it probably was. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering it. But uh, when they're like looking at each other and whatever across the the uh, plaza, so I don't know if that maybe I I, I was kind of like gaslighting myself. I'm like, am I just reading too far into this, <laughs> or did Nick Fury have a scroll kid? I I could believe that. Now I'm going to be curious to see if if they plant more seeds before that. A possible review. Uh, I have not. I have not looked at anything. I swear. I literally watched it like two yeah. hours ago. No. So. Yeah. No. And I don't know. So. I. I don't know too much about like the comic storyline. I don't know how if if that's like a thing at all. I don't know Nick Fury's offspring, but that'd be yeah. interesting. Yeah, I think it would be interesting. I. I was like, oh, maybe that's where they're going. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't think Nick Fury is a scroll. No. I, I just they're like Nick Fury, you're off your game. You know, my the old Nick Fury, he would never. He was always three steps ahead. No, I yeah, they they plant those seeds, but they also bring up the fact that he's been different since the blip. And mm-hmm. I could see that like maybe something happened during that time when he came back that's just like changed him. And I think honestly, I think that's the route they're gonna go. Is maybe. just kind of dive into that a bit more. His scroll son was uh, disillusioned by the absence of his father. Maybe. And he said, Dad, you were going to get us a new <laughs> home for our scroll families and our scroll mom, but scroll mom passed away. And then you died for five years. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> there we um, go. But yeah, I, Nick, uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury is just a lot of fun. I, yeah, I, he's, he's great. I mean, he's great in pretty much everything he does, Samuel Jackson. But yeah, I think he's he's pr- top of his game here. Was he the one? Was it Fast and Furious where he was like, I'm just waiting for a call to be asked. To Maybe <laughs> he was some big franchise. God, um, I'd pay to see him in one of those. Movies. <laughs> it would be God, great. Be make awesome. it happen. Vin, <laughs> make it happen. All right. Um, how did he get his like eye? When did he ditch the eye pouch? When did that happen? I. I can't remember. There is at one point where you find out that his his like eye that I don't know damaged or dead or whatever it is. It's it's uh, he uses it for like eye scanning stuff. Okay. Um, Terminator style. Yeah, I can't remember if he if that if once he did that he ditched the eye patch. I don't know. Maybe maybe if we look back to whatever that movie is, uh, Spider Man Far From Home, where he's up in the space station. That's the post credit scene of that, right? Far from home. Oh gosh, because that was the movie where he's it turns out it. that he's a, he's Talos, right? He was I a scroll the I, whole time. Yeah. That's been a while too. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, oh gosh, that what I was gonna say. Oh, I another thing that I saw kind of coming was well, Nick Fury is great. Just to yeah, kind of yeah. conclude that point. Um, what did you get with your midlife midlife crisis? Oh, I got the Avengers. Yeah, that was, that was pretty, good, pretty good. good. Um. One. But uh, yeah, I, I he's playing dumb. He's playing dumb because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you got picked up by our thugs in the middle of the street. Well, yeah, he's like, I wanted to get to you, and then he <laughs> plants the thing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, Nick Fury's. I mean, I, I will since he's the main character of the show, he's definitely going to have some points where he's not all knowing, but he's he's a very smart person, so he knows how to get around and whatnot. So. Yeah. Um, Olivia Coleman is the like British. I think she's MI6 or something. MI6 or something. Yeah. That's the official MI6, MI6 or, six or something. something. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed that and her interactions. Again, it was a lot of talking about <laughs> that sort of stuff. But um, the one, the, the Amelia Clark character, Gaia, 
I, I think that's interesting how they kind of leave off the episode because I was pretty convinced that the backpacks were going to be decoys from the beginning. Oh, sure, sure. So I guess the the open-ended question here is, did she intentionally mislead them and further betray her father's trust, or was she manipulated, and uh, did she kind of... Did she actually try to help them, and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, the, but the other people caught on to that, and she was caught in the act of that. So we'll have to see that what happens with that the next episode. I would guess they would answer that. Yeah, it's it's a lot like uh, Letty in Fast and Furious 6, which you haven't seen. Wow, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious to see kind of how her, her relationship with their father and, and what that organization evolves and hopefully goes in some really unique way. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure she'll betray that group at some point. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for all the shape-shifting shenanigans. Yeah, Say right. that? Five times fast. Shape shifting shenanigans. shenanigans. That's what they should have just called it. Marvel's shape shifting <laughs> shenanigans. Um, Good name. Yeah, it's all, you get a lot of like the thing vibes from this. Where who do you trust? How mm-hmm. can you trust them? Um, it's just going to be fun to theorize. I think this is a great week to week show. Yeah, it probably sure. won't be as fun. The, well, I it may be as fun the second like a second viewing because you see things coming. Yeah, up. some more foreshadowing. Yeah, a lot of, of clues there. and stuff. So it'll be fun to get in the weeds, dive in the clues with the rest of the internet. So I think this is just a a good fun weekly show to to watch. Yeah, yeah it's going to hopefully. Hold my intrigue. I've already been impressed by the amount of stuff that I found interesting in the first episode, which is a That's good, good sign because I've not found all Marvel shows interesting. Yeah, no, I I think um, this has a lot of really loose, uh, really interesting loose threads. Um, I like pretty much the the whole cast, and they all seem to be doing quite well. So, yeah, interested to see where it goes. Um, and then I can't wait to read how it's how people are mad. It's different from the comics. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, Maria Hill dies at the end. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Kobe smolders. And she's like, you killed me, Nick Fury. He's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I have no uh, I have no guilt because I, I didn't did kill you. I did not hit her. I did not. <laughs> oh, hi, Nick. <laughs> oh, oh, hi. <laughs> oh, hi, Talos. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, she died. And, I mean, I think that that ups the stakes quite a bit because, I mean, it's not like she's, like, a main character or anything, but she's been in these movies since, like, the first Avengers. Like, wow, she's off, been so. in there that long. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Was so. she in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Probably. <laughs> she was probably in an episode or two of that, whatever they could afford to get her for. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I think it's a solid start uh, to the series. Uh, do we know how many episodes there I think are? it's six. Six, so... Yeah, I'm excited for episode number two coming out real soon by the time you see this. So we'll have that for you sometime next week. Any last Mm -hmm. thoughts, Holden? Uh, No, I don't think so. I'm just glad to be getting more Ben Mendelsohn. It's been a while. It has been. (laughs) And he's doing great. It's Ben Mendelsohn too long. It has. It's been too long. All right, let's dive into our spoiler-filled discussion of the four Indiana Jones films that we have seen so far before next week when we review the fifth and hopefully, let's be honest, final, final installment of the Indiana Jones franchise, Dial of Destiny. All right, so you've been warned, spoiler discussion of those first four films starting right now.
All right. Uh, Indiana Jones, uh, the first movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark, or as uh, naysayers would have you believe, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the oh, Lost Ark. The naysayers, Holden. <laughs> the naysayers. Or Disney Plus would have you believe. But yeah, just called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, yeah, it's it's a classic, Jimmy. Wow. What a great <laughs> analogy. All right. Next template. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. The- Directed by Steven Spielberg. Yes. Um, the story by George Lucas. And then uh, I think Lawrence Kasdan wrote the script who mm-hmm. did Empire Strikes Back and also co-wrote Force Awakens with J.J. Abrams. Um, this The opening scene is just iconic mm-hmm. of this movie. Just the visual storytelling here, creating the yeah. the myth of Indiana Jones. All the, you know, I love how they don't reveal his face for so long, yep. they show the, the 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 whip and they show the what you know the hat and the you know all the stuff and the you know he goes over and takes the poison dart of the tree and he, he kind of just and he doesn't say anything and that you have Alfred Molina's character and one of the other kind of guys cry, I always forget it's Alfred Molina That's isn't crazy <laughs> hello Peter <laughs> uh, so he just goes and you know oh poison still fresh and they're kind of just following this guy who is just so poised and confident in everything he's doing. And they try to like double cross him or whatever at the beginning. And Mm -hmm. he just takes out the whip and and the gun goes off and he steps from the steps out from underneath the shadow um, to reveal his face. The music really builds to the tension. Mm -hmm. Um, Just an iconic, iconic kind of opening credits um, yeah. to a film. One of the most famous scenes in probably all of movies, honestly. It's yeah. just like everyone knows it. Everyone knows like pretty much every beat of this intro. It's very, very cool. Just a perfect tone setter. Yeah, and then of course they go into the the uh, kind of te- temple, I guess, itself, um, which is just iconic <laughs> in of itself with, you know, they go in and mm-hmm. then the spiders. There's booby traps. Spiders yeah, everywhere. He's, in the floor. Yes. Yeah. They go in. Oh, there's the previous there guy is. who was, yeah. you know, a couple days ahead of us mm-hmm. or whatever. And they move on. And the, yeah, the booby traps. And they, cr- you know, do the whip to get across the, the dark chasm down to, you yeah. know, who <laughs> knows where. And uh, just kind of, you know, what's the, what's the line where he's like, Oh, there's nothing to fear here, or whatever. And he's like, "That's what scares me," or oh, something, yeah, yeah, like, that. something like that. And then you know, trace it out, and the arrow comes and hits the little wooden post or uh, whatever he was using his mm-hmm. um, torch or whatever it was. Um, that's great. And the, you know, the the golden idol itself is just such a magnificent prop design. Yeah, it's just it's so beautifully generic in a way. <laughs> like it, it's just could be it, but it's it's very pretty and iconic still oh yeah and it's just the the shimmer of it and mm-hmm. the way that it bounces the light and refracts everything just to warm up the entire scene especially on indy's face mm-hmm. as he's weighing it with the sand and trying to figure out and the tension and i love you they cut to alfred Merlin's character and he's going the money 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 you know <laughs> rubbing his fingers together just the again the visual cues for all the stuff that's happening here. And then, of course, John Williams' music just complements everything to perfection. There's so yeah. much great stuff. We'll just say that for, like, every movie. Is the John oh, Williams' yeah. music is so good. But I think, like, particularly here, I mean, the, you have the uh, kind of the map room scene as well, mm-hmm. which is the music makes that. That is such a lame oh, yeah. scene, the map room scene with the staff and the laser going yeah, down. Yeah, if it weren't for John Williams' music, it would just be who would care about A that boring, scene. lame <laughs> scene. 
and the music during like the climax of the movie too is just that's that's one oh, of my yeah. favorite tracks i think honestly yeah but, fantastic obviously and then the the whole thing starts coming hard and he just runs through all the arrows and you throw me the whip i'll throw you the idol and that whole exchange and mm-hmm. you know going sliding underneath the door everybody's the hat yep i think it's actually not the hat yet in this one i think it's mm-hmm. actually it's uh, his whip or something oh because i thought it was his hat too and I think uh, it's not. I think uh, it's actually yeah. is the rest Mandela of his Mandela effect. I do. I <laughs> think it is a Mandela effect situation because I. Does I remember he grab his hat at a different point? In one it's of these movies in Temple of Doom. He does. Okay. When they're like it, trapped in the, the closet, the the spikes are coming down. He okay. does grab his hat there. Okay. So Very similar what, situation. Sure. I I may be wrong, but I believe that standing out to me that it wasn't his hat. Okay. Um, but then he, you know, comes across and then there's Alfred Molina's body with the spikes. And, yeah. And, and then, you know, it's like, kind of reminds me of like the Apple events where they do the, oh, and one more thing. If you're familiar with that, it's like, oh, you just sat through the most amazing thing ever. And there's finally this moment of relief respite. And all of a sudden the, the, the boulder, boulder starts coming down, which I, I have always been fascinated with how around that boulder is oh, unbelievable <laughs> in context of like the world and that's, everything. That's the artifact right there. Yeah. Forget right. The gold <laughs> this is perfectly smooth boulder. Um, amazing so yeah and the escaping that all to just <laughs> get out and there's Belloc, Belloc. Uh, just to nab away. it away from him um yeah and then the whole just running out and escaping and i love the shot where he's running up the hill and it's all by himself and then you can see all the the kind of indigenous people chasing after him yeah that's a few seconds later is so good and then jock start the play jock is just fishing He's like, I like how he's like, Doc, start the plane. He's, he's still like, just he's still trying to finish it he's up. Like, no, still he's like, oh, I think I got one on the line here. It's Jock. <laughs> he's got the snake in there. Snakes on a plane. And uh, yeah. why is there a snake? There's a snake in here. I can't oh, remember the friendly. snake's name. I can't. Oh, either. that's so-and-so. Yeah. Like buttercup or you know, whatever <laughs> it is. That's tulip. Um, But that was really fun. Lots mm-hmm. of just, again, again, iconic opening. Um, and then I love it when he's a, a professor because I'm like, oh, duh, this is why I <laughs> ended up with the career I have teaching ancient history. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause Indiana Jones. Cause I <laughs> love Indiana Jones. Like this is where this was like my childhood was fourth grade was Indiana Jones. And I, I, I don't think I ever really watched these movies until like maybe middle school. All of my nostalgia for these movies is the Lego Indiana Jones video game. Interesting. That's like I, I all the music is like nostalgic because I remember where it's at in the game. And like, so when would you have played well. that? I w- before I watched the movies, 100%. I would have played that like when it first came out, which would have been what, like 2007, something like that. It was like right after the Star Wars games. Yeah. Let's see. Um, Lego Indiana Jones. Um, but I, I hundred percent of that game when it first came out, I played it all the time with like my brother and, um, video game, the original adventures, the original 2008 looks like North America, 2008. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, would have been like nine, 10. It was right around the time, uh, crystal skull came out. Um, so, so you never saw Crystal Skull in theaters? Though? I did. I that okay. might have actually maybe I saw Raiders once when I was younger, but other than that, I think all I saw was uh, that I remember was that in Crystal Skull. And we'll talk about it when we get to that movie, but Crystal Skull used to be my favorite one. <laughs> when I was a kid, that was my favorite. Oh man. <laughs> 
I mean, it, could, it, that hasn't held fast. Let me tell you. Okay, it's that's changed. <laughs> yeah, All right, that's changed. we will do our rankings later. <laughs> Maybe we'll have some like categorical awards as well. But um, yeah. So I love it when he's eat. So this was great. I mm-hmm. had like a, a moment of like, oh my gosh, the wonder I I got into the job I have teaching ancient history to middle schoolers. He's writing on the chalkboard and he writes neolithic he's like neo meaning new lithic meaning stone i'm like i have literally done this holden wow. i have done this i am basically you need indiana to, you need jones to recreate that scene exactly like you you write it out just like he does yeah. like remember all the choreography yeah i just i'm like yeah and then you know of course my students have they blink and it says love you on oh, it. yeah, yeah. i get that all the time as the well schoolers yeah all the time um <laughs> But uh, I just thought that was that was really funny. I'm like, that's me. It's like the the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's pointing at the TV. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I love this again. I, the one th- there's a couple things that I think stand out a little bit about Raiders. I think some of it is paced too slowly. Like yeah, I, I love that. the opening sequence. That. It is every shot is like two seconds too long. <laughs> yeah, I, I would kind say of agree with that. I, would, I, I love it. I think it is amazing. I think you could do the same thing in like 25% less time. Like honestly, but the, the thing that they get away with is the John Williams score. Yeah. It's John Williams score. And I think the other, I mean, the, the thing to note about this is there's like no other movie like this. No, it came out no, like this is it. It pioneered this type of adventure movie. I mean, obviously it harkens back to, you know, stories, pulp stories from like the thirties, forties and whatnot. But like this kind of movie, this kind of scale, Steven Spielberg pioneered it. So the fact that, you know, some of the shots are a little too long, you know, yeah. makes sense. I mean, like <laughs> Tomb Raider, Uncharted, yeah. the, the mummy, you know, all owes to this. Yeah, and absolutely. Among so many others. And even just blockbusters in general. I was thinking, I was actually thinking before I came over here, like, since this is hot off of Star Wars, you know, with with Harrison Ford and like Steven Spielberg was become getting a name for himself with like Jaws and whatnot at this point, like... I I have nothing to back this up, but to me, this feels like it would be one of the first like big hyped blockbusters, right? I I don't know if there was hype behind it, but like just all the names and, and talent behind yeah, it, I, th- I would yeah, think so. Yeah, I mean, it was in the era of like the original blockbusters. Yeah, so I think people so, were going out because it, especially like George Lucas and Steven yeah, Spielberg, yeah, like that would have well. Yeah, I would imagine that just blew people's minds. I mean, because yeah. Empire would have been the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this would have been the, the, the kind of the big movie of the year. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's once again, can't actually speak for how it went down, but it feels like it'd be one of those first big event movies, um, that we, that we would have gotten in. Yeah. Anticipated before. Yeah. Like you yeah. Said, Cause like star Wars took the world by storm. Jaws took the world by storm. But like no one really knew those movies before they came out. Right. Yeah. Like it was not really sleeper hits necessarily, but they not a ton of hype behind them. Yeah. It was like word of mouth and stuff, but. Um, so yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. Uh, the other thing that I think just stands out to me is there's some terrible ADR in this. Movie. Yeah. Yes. Awful. Mm-hmm. Just I didn't notice that. horrible. <laughs> like clearly they are voicing this over at a different time because this is, this did not happen. Mm-hmm. All right. That, that that was another thing that just absolutely stood out to me as a very weird, weird yeah, thing. I'm not sure happen. if I have any specific, I didn't, I forgot to write notes for this first movie here when I was watching it. So I didn't write down any specific lines or anything, but yeah, I didn't notice that as well. Yeah. 
bonkers, crazy. I don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe the the resolution wasn't as great, uh, so you wouldn't you would have been able to get away with it a little bit better. But boy, does it it stand out mm-hmm. here. Yeah, but pretty much everything else about this movie, I I mean. Strange ADR aside, and as you said, maybe some shots could be a little shorter. I still would probably consider this like a perfect movie, honestly. It's close to perfect, right? I wouldn't say absolutely perfect because there are, it does have some weird quirks to it. Yeah, but it's just like, it's so crazy that they, they got the formula down so well on the first go around, right? Yeah. Like it's, it didn't take like to Temple of Doom or Last Crusade to become like this great series or anything. It was yeah. just right off the bat, instantly iconic in every way. And yeah, I just I I think for me, I consider this the best one. Probably. I think I think that the a lot of the filmmaking and the visual storytelling mm-hmm. and just the fact that this created it, I would say that as a film. This is probably like the yeah, the that's best what I mean. yeah, yeah the best one yeah the practical offense effects and stunts for a lot of these scenes are just are crazy I mean mm-hmm. I, they they get more elaborate as the movies go on I'd say but even just for this first one like the convoy chase iconic yes in, the, in that second half of the Actually, movie I had that Lego set for that oh really. Awesome. Which it didn't include the Ark of the Covenant though I on think, that one, for whatever reason I think I had the Well of Souls. I think I think that's the one I had. Yep, um, which I have right over there. Yeah, I believe I yeah had that same one. Um, but yeah, no, there were some good Lego sets for this. <laughs> yeah, no, they were yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, like you said, they just it. Um, the 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 fourth one coming out at the time that it did just was like hit me in the perfect moment. Mm. And the Indiana Jones franchise is the reason why I love movies. It was the movie that got me to want to make movies. Yeah. And I literally got together with my cousins like every weekend and we would literally move around the Lego guys and, and make our own Indiana Jones adventures. And I would build temples mm-hmm. and booby traps and then create these stories and all that sort of adventures around these so you know tons of nostalgia for me but like i hadn't seen raiders of the lost ark in so long and i'm really this is a dang good movie (laughs) just uh incredible in in so many ways um but yeah i I, obviously i think if we're gonna do like uh, you could do like kind of rewards for this so like i think best uh Love interest, I think, is yeah, definitely Marian. have to go to Marion Ravenwood, hundred percent, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and she's great. I like the actress Karen Allen. I believe is that that's her name. Oh, I do. I do not know that. I'll have to. Punch it's it kind in of. Here. It's strange. I don't. I mean, I. I don't know her whole story, but it's kind of strange. She's not in more things. Like she's really good in this movie. She's this. Yeah, great, Karen Allen. Okay, Karen Allen. Um. But yeah, she's fantastic. She's great. She's a, a great foil for Indy and she's she's able to hold her own in a lot of situations and um, the history between them is very interesting. Um, but yeah, I I'm I think ult- my ultimate takeaway is I don't know why she's not in more she wasn't in more things. Yeah. We, yeah, kind of at least that I've seen strange. Um obviously you have John Reese Davies as Asala. So, great. And um Who's the guy who plays Marcus? He's not showing up on this Google Man, thing. Brody. Oh, Denholm Elliott is yes. Marcus Brody, who's a great character as well. Yeah. Um, 
uh, <laughs> the great Lego set was the the plane. I never had the plane. Oh yeah, but I my remember, I never did. had that one either. But I remember seeing it. That was that's a great sequence too. It's just the big muscular guy that comes out and just the propeller. And I'm like, how did this? <laughs> how was this movie rated PG? Like yeah. you got people's faces melting and like, how did Temple of Doom? <laughs> so that was the one that was PG-13 that they had to create the new rating for. And this didn't raise any red flags apparently. So my dad, when I was pretty young, he he pointed out to me that like all of the main villains in these ser- in this series like die horrible deaths in some way. They're always there there's just some they it's i mean in this one like faces melt off and whatnot the next one you know got mola ram gets eaten by a crocodile but um like this one i, I mean even even like the minor character like villainous characters like that or whatever like they all just get like they get torn up they get incinerated they all like all of these like uh-huh. big henchmen guys always eaten just get by like, huge ants yeah it's just it's horrible all of it <laughs> <laughs> there hardly any of them just get like shot or anything it's always just like which is exploding great. yeah which is great yeah it, it's it's very funny but it's just it's crazy that there's not more like like weird like i guess shooting i guess for how many guns there are in yeah. this in the series but optimus prime would have loved it he would the only guy who really gets <laughs> shot to death is like that one guy in last crusade the the brotherhood of the cruciform cross or whatever it is the, oh that yes guy, he gets like shot and then he bleeds out or uh or the iconic uh the the guy in this movie who gets shot during the sword fight oh yeah yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is just one of the greatest improv moments i think in movies yeah so right? if people don't know harrison there was this huge choreographed fight with this guy and harrison ford was like really sick yeah that like day dysentery or something on the set so they changed it to just he just shoots him and then he dies and that and then it plays off as a great moment yeah it's it's it plays into the comedy of the series just really well it's it's so good yeah (laughs) it's great and of course um the one thing i'm like did i miss this indiana jones gets onto that submarine Mm -hmm. and he just holds on he just holds (laughs) on and and holds his breath and then he's just there (laughs) and he's just really wet i'm like so he's just holding on was it like a 15 second journey to that island yeah i don't i know that's that's always stood out to me too like i don't understand how he does that but it's hilarious (laughs) it is (laughs) um um the other the other thing i i didn't i wasn't aware of until i i actually noticed it while watching the movie and then i apparently there's this whole online discussion about it was belloc eating the fly Oh yeah. <laughs> I noticed that while I was watching. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Just like a fly. It's, it's when I, I think it's the moment where he's like, Indy's holding them up with the RPG or yeah, whatever. It is. And he's, he's just like talking and the fly lands on his lip and like seemingly just crawls into his mm-hmm. mouth and does not come back out as he's talking. So the, and there's this whole like discussion online about whether the fly was actually, you know, if it was, it got eaten or whatever, but I don't know. Spielberg's like, that's the cut. That's the cut. (laughs) They probably didn't have anything else. Yeah. But, uh, and you wouldn't have noticed on the day. They were like, oh, we got it. And the guy, actor's probably like, I'm not going to say anything about me. Just (laughs) this fly landing. I'm sure it was really hot wherever they were. Yeah. Just trying to go on with it. Um, calling his bluff saying he's not going to blow up the ark i'm like oh man you got a lot riding on this man the nazis are going to be pretty upset (laughs) if he blows up this ark. you sure you want to call that bluff um i guess it works out for him but doesn't work out because he gets his face imploded or whatever yeah yeah um so (laughs) that is a pretty gnarly scene i love how it just 
<laughs> yeah, the, the lid just falls right back on. No, the uh, like it's it's dated computer effects mixed with stop motion, but it all looks still pretty good. Like at least very charming of the time. Yeah, it's not like it's not like distractingly awful or anything. Um, but yeah, the like the faces melting. That's like that's just traumatizing. I remember I was like that scared me as a kid. <laughs> like, the eyeballs. Yeah, just, yeah. PG. Yeah, PG. <laughs> Take your kids. I don't um I I this is probably something I missed and maybe it's just because, you know, he knows his archaeology and his history or whatever. Why does Indy know not to look at the ark? I think he's just just pulling that one out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just because oh, I think it's like, oh, you're supposed to not like bow, you know, bow in the presence of God and okay. all that. And, you know, you're not I, yeah, you're not worthy of this and you need to be, show humility and, and be God fearing or something. OK, I couldn't remember if there if there was like a direct line when they were fr- like maybe when they were talking with no. the government or anything no. about it, like hinting at it. OK, no, just, just completely <laughs> just pulls it out, pulls it works out, out though. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> All right. Anything else to say about Raiders? Um, I mean, I feel like we, we kind of jumped around. Um, I'm just trying to think of like. Anything in the like Egyptian market we missed that we want to talk about? Oh, the we can talk about the monkey. Yeah, and the the, monkey. that whole scene where he's throwing up the date and catching it, and the, the tension of that, and and then uh, uh, Sala grabbing it. Bad dates. Bad dates. Such <laughs> a good line. Um, poor monkey. Yeah, just died. Yeah, they didn't. It was just it was just doing what it was told. Yeah, um, I liked all the kids like celebrating when they escaped or whatever they they were working together and, yeah and then he you know he gets out into that market street and marion is caught in one of those kind of Bear, uh, bins bins yeah. woven bins i baskets. guess baskets yeah woven basket things with the lid and, and there's like 13 of them and he's like ah, just <laughs> shoving them over and they're like what the heck are you doing um but that was cool as well so good yeah and I, the, I guess the other thing I want to mention, just working our way backwards slightly, is the the whole the scene at her like bar in area oh, yeah. where it's like on fire. That I, I was like, this is like underrated. I never hear people talk about this, but like the set and like the fire and everything is like so. I mean, I'm sure a lot of it was real. It just looks so convincing and dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> with how much fire there was. Yeah, but that was great. It was awesome. Uh, the one Nazi guy burns his hand. Ah. He's a creepy guy. He is. And I, I was always, that's a, a small tidbit hearkening back to the Lego Indiana Jones game. In the game, he, the character has a name, but like he's never named in the movie. And I'm sure he probably, I guess probably in the credits it has his name. I guess I forgot to check, but I, was, I always thought it was weird because I think I would like talk to my dad about the game and i was like oh this character you know did this and he's like who are you talking about <laughs> oh that guy yeah doesn't have a name oh, my son's an idiot <laughs> i knew this day would come uh yes if we think of anything more for raiders we'll come back to it yeah let's go yeah. on to temple of doom yes. which i had only seen once before i think so it. i think same and yeah. i it was the last one of at least the original three that i saw i, I don't remember if i saw kingdom of the crystal skull before this movie came mm-hmm. out or afterwards um but it, of the original three it's definitely the last one that i saw yeah and i thought it was okay when i watched it as a kid mm-hmm. it's I, definitely I don't really remember it as a kid it was definitely my least favorite of the three. I mean, I did remember, like, obviously, how can you forget Kalima? Yeah. Kalima and all that there, sort of yeah. stuff. Um, 
but in the the opening and like them going on the planet and the, stuff, the, yeah. the, all the food that they ate and all that and so i remembered like that but i didn't remember like the nuances of it and i was surprised that how much like heart this movie has yeah it, it does have a lot of heart um it, from i'm like i think this movie is a good movie overall i i think i i still kind of agree with like the consensus that it's the weakest of the first three i probably. would absolutely yeah. i agree with that 100 but like the one the i did rewatch you know rewatching raiders was like man this is a great movie but mm-hmm. this was like the biggest jump for me rewatching all four this sure week sure was like i have a nude a found appreciation for temple of doom that okay. i did not have when i was like in fourth grade and i like it more now than i did as a kid. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I can talk about some of the reasons why. Um, but I just the beginning is really fun. Yeah, this is the only that. one with a different opening titles font. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best opening yeah, title. I, yeah, font. no, it's that title reveals great. That's and, awesome. Uh I think the 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 black the skinny black with the just way too heavy white outline used mm-hmm. in all the other films is dumb and they it's bad but they committed to it so they're stuck with it I, temple I, the temple yeah. of doom is the only one with a different one i think it actually looks better but well it, especially it fits the scene a lot better it'd be mm-hmm. weird if it, if they started with that and it just came up with like the the old the raiders type title font or whatever yeah. that'd be bizarre but um it's very showy and fun um i still like the other title font i think it fits those other movies pretty well um, I think they just kind of picked whatever fit the scene. Honestly, I think it just works for each one. So yeah, okay. Yeah, I think they should. Opinion. I think they should have <laughs> stuck with the Temple of Doom font after the after the first one. Um, um, but it's just a fun sequence. Obviously, the musical Club number Obi Wan Club Obi Wan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice and subtle, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got the Raiders that had the C three PO and R two D two, which I did mm-hmm. not see them in rewatch i can't remember what exactly shot they're in i i honestly yeah i forgot about it yeah i didn't see i it. know where it is in my lego set that's for sure <laughs> uh, but uh yeah that open sequence is really fun and <laughs> i just love the the negotiation and like oh you give me the diamond i'll give you the antidote There's to the poison the, you just drink the really good shots of like the lazy susan mm-hmm. like being passed around and everything that's so good i had forgot i had forgotten like I knew how the scene went down, but I, this was probably like, honestly, the part I remember the least out of maybe any of these movies was just like how like the dialogue and everything plays out. Oh yeah. It's a lot of fun. I really liked it. I had forgotten that he had like the little waiter friend who was kind of, Oh yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's the guy who gets shot and died. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I said, well, he gets shot and dies. There you go. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, so yeah, that whole sequence in them, like they're just (laughs) laughing hysterically and Mm -hmm. Willie's over there. Willie's the worst <laughs> willie's just the worst well, yeah I, I, don't, I don't know if there's anything redeeming about Willie. i don't honestly. really know what i don't know aside from like them trying to do di- something different from marion i don't really know what they were trying to do with like why they were doing it that way i want <laughs> like this movie would have been so much better if they just brought back marion ravenwood and i don't know if it was a reason why they couldn't mm-hmm but I just think that Willie, like of all the things that I think hold this movie back, I think Willie is like among the, the yeah. highest ones. Because oh, yeah. it's just like it 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 what first <laughs> off, she's just a one note character of just yeah. like the most high maintenance person of all time. Yeah, the, and the, just the, I'm gonna the complain only about joke everything. with yeah, the only joke with her is that she's you know, she doesn't like, you know, being out dirty and you know, being yeah. out in the 
wilderness. She's she a caricature. Like, yeah. It's, it's done. I don't know if you remember if you did play it, but like in the Lego video game, her whole bit is that she screams really loud and you can use it to break glass. It like they play <laughs> into that. Like it's literally a tool you can use. It's so good. And she's like a useful character in that way. But like they play into that in that game because she just screams so much Indy. in this movie. Like it's <laughs> and also, why is she along? Like, what is like, well, how does she even like he just is like, oh, you're pretty. You're, you're just going to come with me. Yeah, I guess. no, like, it doesn't make no any sense as to why she goes with him. Like, <laughs> oh, diamonds. Oh. Like, it's, sure. Uh, the the guy, uh, what are the gangster character in the beginning? I don't yeah, know it's like uh something Che or something because it's on the plane. Lao Che. Lao Che. Okay, that's Lao it because he closes the plane door and he's he, like, oh, goodbye, Dr. Jones or whatever yeah. he says, which is great. Yeah, and like, sure, he he's he makes it clear he doesn't really care about Willie, but it's not, you would almost expect him, her going with him being because she, he like threatens to kill her or yeah. something, but he doesn't. He does. It's like, just like, <laughs> there's no reason until they're like why she gets on this plane with him. And, yeah, it, uh, I, it's bizarre. I don't get it. Yeah, I guess he te- needs her at first because she has the diamond. So he just mm-hmm. grabs her. But then he gets the diamond. And then, yeah, why does she, why does she get on this plane? with him? I don't know. Um, but in the, we're also introduced to short rounds. Yes. In the, in the Which I love sequence. him like stepping on the gas. So you it's can see like block. the, the block. <laughs> <laughs> That's just that was iconic. So great. Mm. Hold on to your potatoes. <laughs> Q he, icon is, is great. He's so one. good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Sh- short, short round is a great sidekick character. He is, which when I was little, I thought he was annoying, too. So I thought really? Willie and Short Round were both annoying. <laughs> and this time I loved Short Round. I'm mm-hmm. like, Short Round's great. I love how he's just like, oh, you, you don't talk like that to Dr. Jones. You call him Dr. Jones. Yeah. Like, lady, <laughs> lady, you call him Dr. Jones. And uh, <laughs> I thought that was really funny and how he just vouches for him. And their whole backstory of like how he was trying to pickpocket him mm-hmm. and how he, you know, he didn't have parents or whatever because they died. And I thought that was all really sweet. And I think a lot of the heart of the movie comes very from their dynamic. And honestly, it's honestly very, uh, uh, Sully and Nathan Drake <laughs> in a way in a way yeah sure like I could see that I could see that dynamic being in, in, inspired and expanded upon based on this honestly sure. yeah like if short round were in more Indiana Jones movies past yeah. this I, you almost don't like you wouldn't even need a love interest character you could just have done short round in Indiana Jones mm-hmm. I would yeah who would be a good third character to fit in there or something you know I just yeah I, I think it's just too bad because I think that the stuff with Willie just takes away mm-hmm. so it much. Does. And a lot of it just doesn't age well to begin with the actual relationship yeah. stuff with it. Like the scene where they're like trying to wait each other out or whatever. Yeah. It's just that, that scene is, I mean, not only is it aged kind of poorly, but it's also just like excruciating because it takes up so much of the movie. And it honestly, it's not like a huge chunk or anything, but it's like, it kills get, the pacing. Yeah, it does just get back to something interesting. <laughs> Um, I think the other part that they just try to take the gross meter of everything up to 11 mm-hmm. and I just don't think it. And and then it's like, oh, here's something gross. Oh, here's Willie reacting to something gross. And that is the, I think the second half of the first act of this movie. So if you like divide into six yeah. chunks, the second when chunk, they're at like the palace and yes. And, and they're getting, or even they're getting towards the palace with <laughs> the elephants and stuff. I think that mm-hmm. just is and that's where they first is. meet the village and mm-hmm. they're, you know, eat the food, Willie. You're being, you know, they like, do the food bit like so much. Yeah. Like, 
Like it's it's already not great that you do it once, but yeah, it's just I don't know. And then they get to the palace, and it's the whole meal and all this food, and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we have to freak Several out. Several courses, got to bring it out. And I think you don't you don't need Willie for that. That could be just short round being like, oh no, Doctor Jones, I don't know if I can eat this stuff yeah. and all that, and and then him explaining to you know because he's like a a kid and he doesn't go Indy, mm-hmm. yeah, um, because uh, yeah the the monkey brains and all that one but uh yeah i just thought that part is just blah. even maybe like the if you do it in six, the second and third chunk maybe that combined is like oh my gosh yeah that's if you can just skip over that part because i think honestly the rest of the movie after that is pretty good I, when they actually get to the temple of doom stuff I think my my big problem with the movie, and it does kind of carry into the Temple of Doom stuff, is I feel like, especially in like, I guess maybe it is especially in that like second and third chunk, but carries over a bit, is I just, it feels like they don't have like any agency as like characters. It kind of feels like they just are bumbling around for a lot of the movie and they just kind of happen around it. And like Indy's archaeological knowledge is not really of any use aside from like, some vague background on like the village and stuff. Yeah. Well, he knows about the Shankara stones and then he has the little scrap of like uh Shiva and, and something, you know, like mm-hmm. over here and whatever. So like, you know, the whole scene where they get stuck in the booby trap and, you know, Billy's or it's not with Billy. Willie's got to help them escape and she's got to reach in and it's gross. And I can't do it. <laughs> Willie do it now. <laughs> His fist is just through the, the thing. <laughs> Willie do it now. Um, and she does it, and again, you could have just had short round. Mm-hmm. Be like, I don't know just if I any be in or just or or like round. Marcus, or so you know, yeah. or somebody because I feel like Marcus is is a funny fish out of water. Or you could have had Marion again, you know, like oh, we're you know, something like that. And she's she's along with his adventures now, but I don't know. I won't. I would, I'll quit harping on it because I think I've made my point. But. uh I think from that point on, they they watch the the ceremony and the the Kalima Kalima because their their whole thing at that point right is they need to get the stone and return mm-hmm. it to the village. That's the agency, right? And this is where I I think Temple of Doom really has the heart that not that the movies don't other movies don't have. I think I just think it's like an, a bonus thing mm-hmm. um, that kind of brings more depth to the character of Indiana Jones. It's like he gets the Shankara stones yeah, and he can leave and the movie can be over. And, and this is uh, a moment that I thought was really nice is he's got the stones, he's about to leave. And then he hears like the kid call out in pain mm-hmm. or whatever. And he stops. And I think that was a really, inter- I was like, that was an effective moment. Cause he's, the, the the movie what they set out to do has been accomplished mm-hmm. and now the movie has changed into something else and i think from that point on and i, I would lump in the kali ma stuff before and just because that's so cool and iconic mm-hmm. um and <laughs> terrifying if yeah did. just the guy going down getting PG. incinerated no this is pg-13 no, this is, i think this one's pg no 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 this or- is the temple of the doom is the reason why pg-13 became a rating but i think I'm under the we should look it up. All I'm right. under the impression that it was because of this movie, but this movie came out before they okay. made the change. Okay. All right. Temple of Doom. Let's see. Oh, <laughs> just Temple of Yeah, it is PG. You're yeah. right. Yeah, so PG. Because of this movie. <laughs> yes. I yeah, you could have made the argument for the first one. So <laughs> yeah, PG. There we go. I love it. <laughs> Bring your kids. Um so <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's all great with it, and I like how they had the guy start on fire before he reached the lava too. Good, 
yep. more, a little bit more scientifically accurate. You know, after <laughs> the part where you Indiana take Jones movie, yeah, where you take out the guy's heart and he's still alive mm-hmm. and it's just burning in his hand and pumping that. Yeah, I like the rest of it to be scientifically accurate. Yes, um, but I was going back to that moment where he's like thinking about the kid, and I just I love that because it shows it's like you know his Han Solo moment that like he can go away with the money, but he comes back and helps the rebel fleet destroy the the Death Star. Spoilers for Star Wars. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, If you need that. But I, yeah, I love how essentially Indiana Jones and Han Solo are just the same character and how Harrison Ford loves to play one of them and hates to play the other, (laughs) which I find hilarious because they're the same person, just in different settings. (laughs) Um, Maybe you could make the argument that Indiana Jones is just more book smart. Then, oh yeah, then, I would think then, so. Uh, Han Solo, Han Solo, but you know, otherwise they're pretty similar. Um, so I thought that was really nice. And then they get caught, and you know, the the whole like drink the blood, brainwashing bit, and the, the kind of voodoo doll sort of thing. A lot of those creepy elements again, and then the child slavery, which is just like, yeah, yeah, it's horrifying and creepy and um, all that. But I honestly. The other the other part I love is when short round you know burns him and he kind of yeah, wakes back him out trying of it. to appeal or you know to Doctor Jones and his, his inner you know goodness and whatnot trying to break him out of the spell it was very cute yeah Doctor Jones and, you're my and, best friend and I love whatever. short round like doesn't give up on the humanity of people because he does it with Indiana Jones and he also does it with like the prince kid mm-hmm. too he like wakes him up and they're like, Oh, let's work together to get everybody free. And I just thought that was really adorable. Yeah. And I think short round just brings a lot of that fun, youthful Mm -hmm. energy to it that, um, you don't know, you don't necessarily have that in the other ones. Yeah. Um, so I really like that. And I just think everything, honestly, from when Indy kind of snaps back out of it, snaps back into it, I guess. Um, Everything from that point on is just really exciting. I couldn't remember all the stuff that happened before the minecart chase. Yeah, yeah, with the the other ceremonies, you know, trying to get Willie out of the the cage and whatnot, mm-hmm. and yeah, all of that's great. Well, and and then just all the 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 fighting that takes place where they're breaking the kids out, yeah, and like you have the fight on like the conveyor belt, yeah, the rock crusher thing. That one gets crushed. Yeah. <laughs> they actually didn't show that much of it. No, it's just was, like a smear on on the yeah roller thing. Yeah, but it's great. Um, <laughs> But all that stuff, and then of course the minecart chase, which is great. And mm-hmm. if you, uh, the making of that is pretty funny because like they they used miniatures and dolls for part of it. So yeah. if you know you, that they did that, you, you can, can tell. notice it. You can notice. But it. if you don't know, it honestly is pretty seamless Looks if you're not good. looking for it. But it and is it's, funny, and like, it's only know. some shots of it too. They mm-hmm. they do a, a big um, like a combination. I think they do. I I mean, part of it was actually on a track that they were riding on. I think it was. From what I understand, it was like a just like a small roller coaster track that was Makes just sense, maybe yeah. in like a loop or something, and then they would change the lighting depending on where they were in the scene. But um, yeah, so that it's pretty seamless. Looks great. Yeah, very um, exciting. They get out of that, and uh, then you have the big fight on the bridge, which is mm-hmm. great too. And oh my gosh, what are you doing? Or whatever <laughs> Willie says, and he cuts the the bridge in half. That's a lot of fun and. The, the priest guy. What's his name? Did you know his name? Uh, I can't remember the priest guy's name. Um, oh, wait. Oh, the the villain? Yeah. Yeah, Mola Ram. Mola Ram. He's got a great costume design. Yeah, he does. The big horns. Best and- best costume design goes to Temple of Doom, I think. Yeah. And pro- I think I agree um, with that. Great. Uh, <laughs> and the, that what whole was it, sequence. What's his line he says when he cuts it? He's like, 
you'll see whatever oh, I'll the see name. something in hell or something. Yeah, you'll you'll see Kalima in hell. Yeah, or Kalima in hell. Says <laughs> the Harrison Ford <laughs> saying it. It's so good. Um, and then the the crocodiles. Some of the effects when they're some of the when they first cut the bridge, that looks great. Mm. That was like, it's oh so my good. gosh, that looks amazing. And then they show the Mula Ram or whatever yeah, his name falling. is falling and it like hits a rock. That, <laughs> that, right. It like, bounces <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Made out of rubber. Uh, <laughs> and then just immediately like oh, blow, blow, the the crocodiles yeah. once rolling. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I I think the honestly like the it doesn't look very realistic with the crocodiles, but I think it's probably the best way you could do it. Oh, like, that looks yeah. that looks much more grounded in what they've established than the green screen. Yeah, oh, yeah, that looks yeah. It, but it's just like it's like when it shoots the crocodiles, it's already like basically just tatters of clothing yeah. and everything, which is fine. Yeah, it looks it's you get it. Yeah, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of great stuff there. And then I. Uh, so I teared up actually a couple times during this, which I was not <laughs> expecting to do during Temple of Doom. One was when uh, Short Round and uh, gives Indy his hat back, and ha- Indy puts the Yankees cap back on Short mm-hmm. Round. I just was like, "Well, oh, that's just such a touching moment." <laughs> and again, I was not expecting to like Short Round, so I got attached to him, and I thought that would just warm my heart. And then the other moment is when the kids are all reunited are, with their yeah. parents, and I'm just like, "Oh." so nice and all that and yeah i think there's a case to be made here that yeah is this like another just white savior movie sure you could that's a deal breaker for you i just think I of I it even thought about that but it's a it's a it's a, indiana jones itself is a relic of its time yeah, right yeah. there's things that you wouldn't you wouldn't make this the same exact way today it's not this movie's not timeless yeah but there are things within it mm-hmm. that are and and that's one of those things that i always kind of remembered the things I didn't love about Temple of Doom and watching it this time I didn't realize how much there was to love within Temple of Doom yeah there's a lot of great stuff um, and I think there's some new good music too as yeah. well that's expanded upon and short rounds um, theme is really fun yeah and I yeah I I really enjoyed this one a lot more than I thought it was thought I was going to one thing I can't believe I it because I don't feel like I usually notice things like this, but I noticed when they get back to the village, they're just clean. They're just they look <laughs> great. I think they're like I think like they've got all of their costume back. Like Indy's got his jacket back on and everything. Well, it is like, a couple days hike, so maybe they just went and made them. Maybe yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was very it was very funny that they look very. They really clean. they got that village back going in a couple days. Yeah, so that that stone had some powerful properties yeah it did <laughs> um but yeah that was just a, a fun kind of ending to to mm-hmm. the movie so that's temple of doom the other thing i wanted to mention um because it might come up later uh dan Aykroyd has a cameo in this movie he does when was yes. it uh he's the guy who sets them up on the plane at the beginning of the movie oh when wow. they're walking up i did the not tarmac. realize that well you don't see his face but and I think I had heard he was in this before. I had completely forgotten. But like the way he was talking, I'm like, that sounds like Dan Aykroyd. He was like, oh, yeah, get on the plane. I'm going to send you that way. And uh, like the way he's talking, like that sounds like Dan Aykroyd. And I was like, oh, yeah, it is. So huh. <laughs> there you it's go. The Dan more Aykroyd you know. Cameo. All right. Holden on to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. This yeah. was the first one that I saw because um, my we were at dinner and my dad, my dad was talking about Indiana Jones. I'm like, this movie sounds amazing. 
<laughs> and to be honest with you, I think I'd seen the end of it on TV mm. once with some of my relatives, just like, you know, the cha- the three challenges on. And I sure. thought it was cool. I was like, I got to see these movies. And the new one was going to come out like yeah, a year yeah. later or whatever. Um, and so we like stopped by the library and they didn't have Raiders of the Lost Ark. They only had The Last Crusade. I'm like, well, I guess I'll just watch the third one first then. And I did. And I was like, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Um, so I was a little bit nervous to rewatch Last Crusade because I knew mm-hmm. it was my favorite going in. And I still freaking love this movie so much. I think this is, it's not the best movie of them, but I think it's the best Indiana Jones movie. I think it is just nonstop, incredible Indiana Jones moments from like almost from beginning to finish. Jimmy, I will say you have a converted man. I think this is my favorite now. Yes. Sweet. <laughs> I was waiting for you to be the complete devil's advocate. No, no, no. I this this movie is great. I I I'm of a similar mind where I think I still think Raiders is the better movie overall, but this is at least my personal favorite. It's I don't know. It's it's got like it it it's paced so well. I think that's part so of it. Well. It's like it's not, it is nonstop action set pieces, like great moments between characters. It's the funniest movie out Absol- of all three. By uh, all, far. All it is so funny. Yeah, it it has. It's I don't know. It's just like and even like I feel like in a, in a weaker movie you'd have this, in, which we can get into the intro in a bit. You'd have the intro sequence, which is like ten minutes long and is completely like separate from the rest of the movie that would kind of like be a weird setup maybe start the pacing off like strangely but it works so well here it works so well because it not it's just an exciting sequence to begin with. yeah and they do you know they have the fun on the note like oh this is how he gets the idea for the whip and he, this it's, guy <laughs> is the role model for who he is and he's like you know um and the why he's afraid of snakes and how he gets his you know it all, scar it all happens chin. within a few minutes <laughs> yeah it's it's very fun i like that I, that's like something that people make fun of now in movies like solo. Yeah. And that was what I was thinking of too, but I'm like, it just works so much better here. It's, it's just like, it's convincing. Sure. It's a little cheesy that all of this stuff happens at once, but it's exciting. It's fun. And it's all done. You know, it, it makes sense within the context of the Mm -hmm. scene, even if it's a little, you know, funny. Yeah, and it's just, it's a fun sequence. It's a train mm-hmm. sequence, so it's Joe yeah, Carson, of course. I love. So you like that. Um, <laughs> but I love how, like, he's just such a noob at everything, too. Like, he mm. tries to jump on the horse, and the horse moves, and he's <laughs> trying to, you know, tries to do the whip, and he gets the scar on his, mm. or the lash on his chin and whatnot. Um, he's but, not afraid of snakes at the beginning, yeah, the which beginning is a great like, touch. It's just a, he grabs What's it, the big deal? <laughs> um, but, and... Throughout all of that, and as fun as that sequence is, it also helps establish the relationship between him and his dad at yeah. the end. Yeah. And kind of you have like the bad guy who's almost like a likable kind of outlaw sort of mm-hmm. guy, like, yeah, you lost like this Indiana time. Indiana Jones becomes you, know, <laughs> you lost this one, kid, and there the other, woo, we got the money. You know, I almost <laughs> like the guy who's like, Woo, the one henchman yeah. who keeps celebrating. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's just, there's so much fun to be had there. The, the John Williams music there is just phenomenal too. River Uh, Phoenix is a perfect young Indiana Jones. River Phoenix is so good as young Indiana Jones. (laughs) This is how you do young casting for like characters. It's, this is like textbook. He's just, he embodies Indy, like everything about him so well. He's really great at, you know, doing the transition stuff. Like when he becomes afraid of snakes, he isn't at first, but then he is. And it's, he's Mm -hmm. so good. 
Yeah, he was very, very convincing, mm-hmm. which is uh, phenomenal. It's too bad that uh, River Phoenix yeah, died lost tragically. too soon. Yeah, but um, that is obviously the role that I will remember him for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the the match cut of, you know, the, so you lost today, kid. You know, he puts the hat on and it yeah. cuts up and he's. I wrote that down. I'm like, that's one of the most probably iconic transitions. Like, I got, <laughs> I got goosebumps. It's so good. <laughs> I got goosebumps. I knew it was going to happen. I'm like, oh, it's so good. I still love it. And, and then he's smiling and it's just getting punched in the face. And I'm like, heck yeah, Indiana Jones, let's go. Um, and that boat sequence is so fun and it the- just campy this is like it's the right amounts right amount of campy mm-hmm. it's just like it goes right to that line but it does not cross it almost yeah. at any point um so it's like that the cross of coronado belongs in the museum <laughs> you belong in a museum <laughs> and just that that whole fun and the the ship blows up when he's in the that, ocean i that whole the boat set is like really impressive mm-hmm. because it's like it's rocking back and forth it's kind of hard to tell how much of that is just camera and whatnot but you still have like the the water sloshing everywhere yeah. various like boxes sliding around it's really i would think great. that they would have it had had a rig and yeah, they were just that's shooting I, water, water at everywhere. that thing <laughs> Uh, it's so cool but it's it's great it's honestly like that looks like something that would have been just fun to be on the set because it would just be like being at a water park or something you know like you would just not even have to act at that point you'd just Mm -hmm. be playing indiana jones um but yeah so you get that he goes back in even like the the more mundane stuff in this movie is more fun right he's giving his lecture and he's like all right you have a question come see me and then there's just 30 you know, kids, <laughs> students waiting for him in the uh, the hallway. And he's like, oh, gosh. And he sneaks out the window. Sneaks out the window, which That's is a, good. a nice touch. Um, but again, I think like just boom, boom, boom. Like there, this movie just does not let up with mm-hmm. all the gun scenes that it has. Even, um, uh, oh, gosh, now I'm forgetting the, the, the bad guy's name. Walter Donovan. Walter Donovan. Who is in uh, Tar. Don't, don't he, trust anyone, Dr. Jones. He was in oh, Tar. Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um he's great. Um uh Yeah, he's 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 a fun villain. He's I, I don't know I mean, once again, I think I played the video game first before I watched this one, so I probably knew he was a villain. I don't know if like I don't know if I would know he was like the villain if I was a kid watching this. I don't, like I honestly don't remember. Yeah. Like he's he's very he's very convincing and yeah, sure. He's, he's this rich, powerful guy that could easily become the villain, but he's, he's very convincing with his first talk to Indy and he seems genuine, just like, yeah, he does interested. And mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know if I watched this the first time, if I would know he's the villain. Yeah. And, um, like in the, just the wordplay again of like, Oh, you, you got the wrong Jones. It's like, well, we tried your father. Yeah. He's the one who's missing. And then, Oh, the, the tension, the stakes have been raised. <laughs> now Indy's gotta go. And it just gives a lot of that agency to it. Um, one thing I wanted to mention before you move on too far is in the scene with him in the classroom, when he says X never marks the spot, which is <laughs> great. So good. X never ever marks the spot. <laughs> and then he gets to the library. X marks the spot. Um, I love it too when they get to. I love how Marcus is just along for a lot yeah, of this too. He's so good. Marcus he was in. He was only. He was only in a bit of the first movie. But yeah, he's a great little sidekick here. Marcus and Sala have great uh, uh, dynamics that they bring to it as mm-hmm. well. So I just that was another thing. I think this is the 
the most fun because the, it's got like this band of characters that are yeah. along with Indiana Jones. This is the best like ensemble, I would say, yeah. if you're going to give out awards. This was the best ensemble one. Um, but then you get to Venice and they're like, oh, this Dr. Schneider or whatever it is. And then it's like, I wonder who, you know, who he is and him. And then it's the, it's the, lady, Elsa. the lady Elsa, which is a nice uh, touch there. Um, but of course, Indiana Jones, the player that he is, yeah. immediately tries to court her. <laughs> just like the moment he sees her, you can see like the change in his face because he was expecting to see just this probably old guy. Yeah. And he just sees this beautiful blonde woman like, and they <laughs> they go right to the next scene, like no waste of time. All right, oh, yeah. now we're in the library. Oh my gosh, the library is the tomb itself, and then mm. the the three, the seven, the ten. You know that is just so iconic. Yeah. And the scene or the the library, <laughs> the librarian, and timing it up with that. That I just remember I, seeing this as a fourth grader. I thought this was the funniest movie I'd ever seen. Like, really? not only is it the best like action movie I'd ever seen in my life mm-hmm. at that point, it was like the funniest movie I'd also yeah. ever seen. Um, so just both of those. They, again, I was like, I had so much fun watching this as a kid, and just to be able to relive that experience. And they go down, and there it's the rats, and then it's uh oh, petroleum, and the. Mm-hmm the the whatever the cruciform cross guys or whatever the they come down they light it and they have to get in the air bubble kind of pirates of the caribbean style and there, there's the bit where they see the the etching of the ark of the covenant yeah and elsa's like elsa's like what is that he's like the ark of the covenant she's like are you sure pretty sure pretty sure <laughs> i had forgotten about that moment i was like I that's too. funny um maybe it's because when i first watched it i didn't oh, seen yeah, the first one you know be. um but i have seen it since so but not in a long time. Once I had not seen any of these in probably 10 years, at least I rewatched this one a couple years ago after you had said it was your favorite. And, but that, yeah, that's probably the most recent one I'd watched. And the other ones were several years before that, I'd say, but, but, um, yeah, that, that whole scene, but then they get out of that. They could get out of the sewer, you know, and then yeah. the, all these people are like eating lunch in Venice. <laughs> and then they have the immediate chase of like, of course, how did they even know they were getting out mm-hmm. there or whatever? Who cares? They have this ch- boat chase, which is fun, exhilarating. The boat chase is so good. And honestly, I, I don't know. This might be bold. It might be my favorite action sequence of the whole really? of them. Yeah. I wow. think, I think for me, it's entirely because of the end with the propeller, like chip, chipping yeah. away at the boat. Like it's so cool. It looks so real and it feels so dangerous. <laughs> like yeah, how did they film that? Cause it's no definitely idea. real. Yeah. So it's like, how, what safety precautions did they have? They're like, well, we'll just turn it off if it gets close, I guess. <laughs> That'd be worth looking up. Yeah, but I, that that in the chase itself is pretty fun. So there's some green screen. There's some real stuff there. But um, yeah, I don't Most know. Most of I it just, looks pretty convincing. Yeah, you know? there's a couple scenes where like it's you know front on and you can tell it's yeah. they're driving on a green screen or whatever. But most of it's yeah. And then they go between the boats as they're mm. closing in. Between them? Are you crazy? <laughs> are you going between them? Are you crazy? <laughs> um, but yeah, and then the, you know, the huge explosion and the, just the whole of it comes through. You know, yeah. that's just the back when they just blew things up for real. <laughs> you know, they were like, oh, it's not CGI. Just blow it up for real. And that you can't. You can't replicate that with CGI. No. Um, in the same way, but so much fun. Uh, they, you know, they kind of see eye to eye with the one leader, the the cruciform cross kind of yeah. group, which I thought was cool. Just to think about these like crusaders, you know, this secret society of these crusader guys all over the world, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but then 
we haven't even gotten to Sean Connery yet. That's the crazy part. Yeah, it's like an hour in when he's introduced. Which is insane. Yeah. Because their chemistry immediately is so good. Even though apparently he's like less than 10 years older than Harrison Ford or something. Yeah, because like, he's... Sean Connery's still alive, right? Y- yeah, I believe so. Um, um, maybe. <laughs> but well. you can double check. But yeah, like Sean Connery, Sean. Is, I think, was less than 10 years older than Harrison Ford. Sean Connery, are you still alive? No, he's dead. Oh, Died okay. a couple years ago. But, a few years ago. Oh, yeah. He, Halloween. Oh. Um, but uh, Sean Connery, unfortunately. But he's amazing in this. Mm. So, so good. Junior. Junior. <laughs> what did you think of uh, Andy's uh, Scottish accent? I thought it was really good. <laughs> I was like, I was, I actually made a note of that. I'm like, why? He, this is like actually a really good Scottish <laughs> accent. Why is he good at this? <laughs> Here, just see the what is he said the, um, not the drapes. It's the uh, uh, tapestries. Tapestries. Yes, this is a castle. Yes, we do have tapestries. <laughs> and then, and then, and then he just punches them or whatever the line was. He's like, "Oh, you hear that?" And he, <laughs> um, that's that's it, all great. That was like it was like a weird. It it kind of almost felt out of place because I feel like Indy doesn't really do that kind of thing where he's, he fakes an accent to sneak in somewhere. But it was it was a fun little shenanigan. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Um. I think he's in this room. How do you know that? It's got it's wired or whatever, and it shows <laughs> in the background. Um. But that's just fun. How he goes out the window, he whips across the other side and kicks back in. Like, what kid does not want to be Indiana Jones at that point? <laughs> and then he gets hit in the head with the vase, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I are you like?" And he's like, "Are you okay?" Whatever. He's talking to the vase or whatever yeah. it is, and he's like, "Oh, I will never forgive myself. That's okay, Dad. I'll get over it." <laughs> like this was Fourteenth Dynasty, Fourteenth Century Ming Dynasty. Oh no, it's a fake. <laughs> um, but that whole sequence is great. And just Sean Connery, uh, Henry Jones, not being completely oblivious about how you're supposed to be acting in the street, just throws it and makes a big commotion. And <laughs> the Nazis yeah. come in. Their general banter just between those, I mean, you, you said they have good chemistry, but I, like they have some of the best lines between oh. them. They're so funny. So and- funny. And you can like you can tell there's I mean obviously you know, there's conversations later that dive deeper into it but like Indy kind of resents his father a bit for not being there and mm-hmm. father is it, to an extent is basically I mean you say he's oblivious he's basically oblivious about everything except oh, his absolutely. work like I mean he he has he his thought reasons. he was a good father yeah he thought he was doing the right thing but he's like know, I just, gave you privacy yeah. I taught you self resilience yeah like, self reliance. <laughs> Uh, fine. What do you want to talk about? You know, <laughs> whatever. So I don't know. Then what are you complaining about? <laughs> uh, but um, God, that that's so funny. And then the, they 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 get captured in the castle. The whole Elsa exchange. He's like, don't listen to her. She's a Nazi. And you're like, how'd you know she was a Nazi? She talks in her sleep, which is <laughs> like didn't I did not get that one as a fourth grader, but hilarious. That's really good. Absolutely hilarious in retrospect. Um but even like breaking out of the castle's fun. The Nazis have a great music theme too. The boom, 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 oh, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. They have a great theme in this one. And and breaking out of the castle, the lighter he starts he starts he's blowing <laughs> on it, it just spreads to everything. Oh, son, I have something to tell you. Not now, Dad. We can talk about things when we escape. Oh, the floor's on fire. (laughs) 
and then they get in the elevator and it just and they yeah, go around a little turnstile thing. Uh, yeah, that's great. And yeah, they get out of there and Indy falling down the stairs and getting into the the motorcycle and all that. And the motorcycle chase, very good, iconic within itself. Mm-hmm. Obviously, MythBusters tested. Can you put the you know? rod between the spokes of the tire or whatever and oh i didn't realize they tested that did it work i, I don't think it does uh, unfortunately okay. but just really fun sequence and and just the visuals of indy being in the the main motorcycle and just <laughs> his dad being in the sidecar <laughs> it's hilarious and then like he'll like kill some nazi in some fun way and he's like smiling he looks at his dad and his dad just like I'm pretty sure no I had a Lego set of this too i did yeah. i had i in fact i have henry jones sitting over oh, there in yeah. the sidecar yeah yeah so nice. there we go. Well, maybe I'll have to pull up my <laughs> Lego Indiana sets. Jones later. Um, but uh, yeah, gosh, that, just so much fun within that. And then they 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 stop and they're at the crossroads. Okay, Venice or Berlin? And you know, if the Nazis get the Grail, the armies of evil will march all over the world. You know, whatever he says. We gotta go <laughs> to Berlin. Like that. We gotta go to Berlin. You want me to go into the belly of the beast or whatever they say? Um, Hitler signs his book. Hitler signing his book is so so funny. That's great. Because one, it's just hilarious that it's like Hitler. But then two, it's like, here's this the the arrogance of the Nazis. Like the thing they literally need is right in front of them. And they're just completely oblivious (laughs) to it because they're so self-absorbed that it's like, oh, I must want just my autograph. (laughs) Um all I have to do I, is squeeze. All I have to do is scream. You know, that's a good line, good too. Line. Going back to Elsa. And, and, and as, you know, creating more nuance with her character, too. Because mm-hmm. uh, she, yeah, she's not into the book burning or anything. She, I mean, she's still a Nazi, but she doesn't agree with everything they do. She's she's mostly in it for, you know, finding the grail and everything yeah. and the artifacts. Um, yeah. So there is a little bit more humanity to her character. She is, she's very cunning. Mm-hmm. I think she is a pretty well-written character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that the book burning with Hitler and then they get on the Zeppelin and like that is great too when they're in hiding and Indiana Jones like he follows that waiter kind of behind and takes his jacket as the other Nazi commander is coming through and wham, you know, like and then everybody looks at him he's like, no, no ticket. ticket. And they're all, oh, That's probably the best joke in the movie, honestly, it's for me. It's so, so funny. It's so good. Their reaction to it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's and then they get up and all the, they have, and then they have the great father son dynamic of like, we kind of alluded to earlier yeah. and talking about their fleshing history. out that relationship and, and, and then explaining more about the grail and how there's going to be three challenges and why they needed to get the diary again mm-hmm. in the first place, which is the diary is a great MacGuffin by the way. Cause it's like, it's a MacGuffin that we have to go get it and it propels a plot, but it also like, is really interesting in of itself yeah. and actually kind of in of itself is information that you need to know as well. It's the Nathan Drake diary thing from like the Uncharted yeah. games, <laughs> which certainly inspired yeah. by this. Um, but they all oh, oh, were turning around. So they get into the plane. I didn't know you knew how to fly a plane. Fly. Yes. Land. No. <laughs> but in real life, Harrison it should have been, should have been fly. No land. No. <laughs> Harrison Ford. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they, that plane sequence is good. Most of that is just green screen, but mm-hmm. it's still still a lot of fun. Still looks pretty good. And then yeah. he shoots the back of the plane. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, we've been hit. We've been hit. <laughs> what happens at eleven o'clock? <laughs> I'm sorry, son. <laughs> I'm sorry, son. They got us. <laughs> 
And then they land in the, the goat farm or whatever, and then they're running. And then you have the, the Nazi planes coming back in. That looks great. And they're mm-hmm. just shooting up the road, and they steal that guy's car. He's going to put on the hubcap. That's a great shot, too. the too. tunnel. The tunnel, and they, he slides by <laughs> as they're going through and explodes on the way out. You know, that's just really fun. They're like, oh, it doesn't get any closer than that. <laughs> the bomb, which always, that has always looked weird to me. I, they sped something up in there because that footage... That's what I think it is. I think they sped something up yeah. uh, when the really car when the car goes into the crater. It looks oh, really yeah, yeah, funky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think right. they sped it up because yeah. I was, when I was little, I was like, "What happened there?" And for a while, I thought maybe it was reverse. I'm like, "That doesn't work." So I think it's sped up footage okay. is what happened there. But um, <laughs> he's coming back. That guy's trying to kill us. I know, Dad. <laughs> this is a new experience for me. Um, but I my. The part that I thought was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life was when he gets the the umbrella and he spooks the oh, seagulls. Oh, yeah, the seagulls that then crash the plane. Yeah, that's good. I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen that's when really I was good. in fourth grade. And that, that might be my... When you said the boat, I think this is my favorite action sequence just because of the campiness, the dynamic, oh, okay. the fun nature of it, the way it evolves from plane to car to on foot sort of nature of it. I love the shot where Indy takes his revolver out and you see there's no bullets in there. You yeah. know, just all those little things. And I, like you said, the pacing is so, so mm-hmm. good. Non-stop. Completely caught up in the moment. It's interesting. Neither of our favorites is the tank chase then. Because I feel like that's like a that, fan that's, favorite. That's a close second. Yeah, that's me. probably my close second for me. Um, Because the tank stuff is is really, really fun. And, the, you know, uh, where's... where's uh, Where's dad? He's caught in the belly of that steel beast or whatever yeah. Sala says. Um, yeah, Indy hanging on the side of the tank and everything with the, on treads. the treads. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Sticking the rock. In the oh side yeah, and yeah. That's right. Blow up the the cannon. Yeah, that's the awesome. pen is mightier than the sword. <laughs> he squirts the ink in the guy's eyes. Uh, I I loved Henry and Marcus's just fish out of water sort mm. of. Both of them being completely incompetent, but stuck in the middle of this tank trying to help out. We forgot to mention the joke where. Brody can he can uh, disguise himself. Yeah, I, he can blend in. I do have a list of jokes here that in lines that I I wanted to talk about. So, uh, yeah. So the Mark is blending in. You'll know he's got a two day head start. He knows he's got friends in every village from here to whatever. He knows twelve languages. <laughs> he's already gone. And he's like, he's hello, does bum- anybody speak English? <laughs> he's just bumbling around like he's holding a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And Oh, is that a chicken? I'm no, sorry, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> and Sala's like, run, run, run. You know, he keeps saying run. And then he ends up getting into the Nazi truck, which is yeah. a great play on what happens in the first one because it's kind of the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that happened in the first one. I was getting them confused, but that's a great sequence as well. So, yes, the tank, lots of fun there and then obviously it going off the cliff yeah um and then them all looking Looks out great. and all that yeah, the, <laughs> oh, when he just fits <laughs> like in you know, it that looks not a little great. janky but uh that's a lot of fun and uh the hat blows over and he picks it up and whatever mm-hmm. but all that perfect stuff and then you get to petra and like it's like again one after the other after the other after the other and it just keeps building towards that kind of, I think, like perfect Indiana Jones sequence in mm-hmm. Petra where you have the kind of mystical temple qualities. I, 
I vividly remember those challenges from oh. the Lego game. Well, yeah, those are great in the Lego <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like, because like I said, I think I played that before I watched this. And so I, I would like watch the movie. I'm like, oh, they're doing that thing from the game. I, yeah. It's cool how they did it in the game. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Liked it but I think like each challenge is just super iconic in of itself. Yeah, and yeah, they are. Go walking in, the guys keep getting decapitated. Mm-hmm. You know, before the Lord, you know, the pen, only the penitent man may pass or mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. Um, which is great too. How you have Henry shot, so it's like the ticking clock and all that uh, is is really uh, good storytelling as well. Good plot devices used mm-hmm. to great effect. Um, and then the the Jehovah in Hebrew or or in Latin that starts with an I oh, or yeah. whatever. That, he says. that was really good. Jake. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's a lot of fun. And then the the leap of faith, which I don't think that could possibly work in real life, but no. in movie that looks great. Yeah, because I feel like at any angle, there's only like one angle that would look invisible, right? Yeah. Like at any other angle, it would look a little off. But and even then, like. This was set up how who knows how long ago. It's this big like canyon, like yeah. erosion and whatnot would have probably changed stuff. But yeah, doesn't whatever. make any sense there. But no. but still cool. It's still pretty cool. Um, and cool effect back then. Definitely like a green screen thing, but still looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. They were able to like align the tracking of the cameras at the different scales, which is pretty yeah. impressive that they were able to do that. Um. Which must have that must have been like an ILM thing. I'm I'm guessing. Probably. Uh, but then you have like the night, and then they have to like you had the three challenges. And now you have to pick the cup, the <laughs> right cup. And uh, I can't believe Donovan just came over and just was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna just do this one, I guess." Um, yeah, pretty it's, worthless if you can't take it outside that temple, huh? Yeah, right. I guess it's a it's a double edged sword, huh? Mm-hmm. But uh, the the effects of Walter like rapidly aging and like decomposing looks so good. Was, oh yeah, it's like really great stop motion effects. Pretty also once again just disturbing villain death. Yeah, <laughs> just Elsa's like, ah, what's <laughs> happening to me? What's happening to me? <laughs> and then he goes, he chose poorly i'm like no bleep sherlock <laughs> like like that was the that wasn't the best option clearly and then um yeah the cup of the carpenter nice touch knowing your history mm-hmm. it's like well i wouldn't know the first thing about what it would be so let me just have this nazi doctor pick it for me who can't be trusted <laughs> um i was yeah why didn't he have them drink first a little bit surprisingly um but who cares? And then I, lo- I love also the, the night when he first gets there, he like picks his sword up. And he's like, oh, it just he falls, falls backwards. backwards. Oh, that's great. And he's like, you're going to take my spot, right? He's like, yeah, no. <laughs> but I, I like the logic of, you know, it being a humble cup because it's a carpenter's cup, yeah. right? Like, I think that's I think that's really neat. And Indy finding it. I mean. See, even if even if you didn't think of it that way, I would think hmm, that's the one cup that looks different. Yeah. <laughs> like all the other cups are very ornate and very fancy. There's just one other cup. It's more beautiful than I even imagined. <laughs> um, there is one line by the guy who plays Walter Donovan that is like when they uh I think it's when they have uh they're like it's some sort of not I can't remember if it's when Indian his dad are tied up or if it's another scene. But like the diary is gone. He's like, we need that diary. We need to have it back right now. And it's like really not convincing at all. Okay. But 
I was like, that was the one line. I'm like, I don't know if that was all that convincing, that, but, but everything else was really fun. And coming back and the effect of him pouring it on his dad's uh, shot to the yeah. chest was really cool. And it's how it like fizzes and it is heals. It's interesting. Like it, it, I'm so used to movies like this, or I mean, you could say like Pirates of the Caribbean in that way as well. I'm so used to like the the MacGuffin they're trying to get not actually being like no one is able to ever actually use it or Mm -hmm. like it's lost immediately or whatever, but they do actually use the grail in this for like some effect, even if, you know, they don't get to keep it, but. And then Elsa's like, Indy, come on, we can have eternal life together. And Mm -hmm. the, the seal breaks and her reaching for it. I can almost touch it and losing her. And then Indy's in the same situation. And I love the, he's like, Junior and he's not listening. He goes, Indiana. And he's like, Oh, you call me by my name finally. And he grabs on. That's a nice moment too. I I uh it is the way that scene plays out is almost I it seems unintentionally funny that like Elsa falls and then Indy is just immediately in that same yeah. position. I that's that's probably I it's not really anything I can hold against the movie, but I'm like I, it's hard for me to take it too seriously when it's like one right after another kind of yeah. kind of funny, but it is a good moment. So. Yeah. Um I am just amazed that literally like within a a little over an hour they created such a good relationship between mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and his dad. That's so iconic cuz you would think like we're introducing his dad in the what was going to be the final film of the franchise with like an hour and 10 minutes left. Like well, that I, sounds like a recipe for a disaster and they somehow pulled it off. I know it doesn't help with like the chemistry angle, but I know that, I mean, like it helps that there's a lot of just alluding to their relationship beforehand, yeah, a lot yeah. of build up that, you know, Indy says an offhand comment that you kind of think, Oh, maybe their relationship's not the best. They're mm-hmm. kind of estranged or whatever, but yeah, it is still pretty impressive. Yeah, that they did that. Nice. All right, and then they ride off into the sunset. You find Indiana out Indiana was the dog's name. <laughs> Henry Jones Jr. We <laughs> named the dog Indiana. You are named after a dog. <laughs> Follow me. I know the way. Marcus, <laughs> like that squad so is just so much fun to watch. They ride off into the sunset, and perhaps the Indiana Jones franchise should have ended. Then riding off into the sunset. Um, but fantastic. It is my favorite Indiana it's Jones. My favorite as well. Film. It's definitely the funniest. Uh, and it definitely uh has the best pacing and I would say the best action of the series. All right, let's talk about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull from 2008. Uh I remember seeing it in theaters, and I remember Same. seeing it say thinking nah, it was okay. I, I remember my thought on it then was I liked it until the end. Which, ironically, I think that might be flipped for me now. I don't like it until the end. I think the end is actually much more interesting than the rest of the movie, actually. Because right. um, when I was like, aliens, really, and all that stuff. But now that I, you know, watching it, I'm like, I felt like that stuff at the end kind of fit more. And, and how these species was like archaeologist and mm. the treasure was knowledge and explaining all these events. And that some sort of supernatural element to it and how like... Arena Spelkel, she literally can't handle all the information that because it can't be comprehended Stop by the human it. brain. And it, like, you know, another nice, easy, slow, or quick, painless death <laughs> for our villains. Uh, um, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I don't remember what my thoughts were on this movie originally. I, like I said before, it was my favorite at one point, so there was something I found really appealing about it, but. 
Yeah, not not so much anymore. This I I can this movie is like mostly just boring. That's my problem like, with it's it. It's just it, it's there's so much less action. Not that there needs to be a ton of action, but coming off of like the Last Crusade, which is just nonstop things happening, there's just so much downtime in this movie, mm-hmm. and it's like. I, I I like checked the the time at one point and it was like an hour in and they were like just getting to like the jungle and stuff. I'm like, what? How has it been an hour already? Like it's there's an hour left, but it feels like I don't know. There's so much left to do. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just felt like it took forever to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there's some fun parts like they're when they're fighting around in Area 51. Sure, a little bit and and the rocket car and the atomic bomb part is just nonsensical. I, like, I don't, why did they put like, that there? I don't, I don't know. Like I, it was just kind of a fun thing. It, it is like beyond Indiana Jones logic though. Cause like even that fridge goes flying. Yeah. He, he like, he would be a pulp. Like yeah. even, even, uh, you know, aside the, the whole, you know, could he survive in there from a nuclear blast, but he'd be just mush. Yeah. What? The way he landed and whatnot. But I'm willing to, to even overlook that. But um, I don't know. You have some action stuff that's kind of fun, but it's just not up to the level of anything else. And at the time, I was like, well, it's just because Harrison Ford is really old. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's necessarily why. I just think it's not all that. I don't know. I mean, I I think I, the rocket power car was kind of fun because you had like the timer start yeah, and then they I, had the guys all burn up and then they fun. all fly. Yeah. Like that was the, nice, but you know, them fighting around for the, in area 51, kind of that main boxed area was, I don't remember all that much about it other than he like tries to swing for the one car and he comes up short and he lands in the other one. He's like, Dang, I thought that was closer, and he punches the other guys, and yeah, that's that, fun, that moment's fun. I I think one of the things that gets me about this movie is right away, it's like the first couple things Indy says, like the writing is just not there for me. It's like it, it's like trying to be Indiana Jones, but like his quips just aren't very funny, and it's like I don't, it's like something feels very off about it. Like it's not quite there in terms of like the dialogue. I don't know if I didn't, I didn't really sense that for me. I just, I, I just didn't think it was as interesting. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Or it was just like you said, it was a little slow. The action wasn't as fun. The supporting cast wasn't as fun, right? Cause mm-hmm. they, they take the time to develop much, which I actually didn't hate. I didn't Mutt. hate Mutt this time. And I didn't hate Shia LaBeouf's performance either. And I, and I actually, it was fine. I thought that was going to be just like intolerable. And I it was completely fine. It's and fine. Marianne's it's just kind of, nice. it, it's just kind of weird that it's there for me. Like it's, it's just, it's, well, it doesn't work as well as Short Round, as yeah. well as Marion in the first movie, or as well as Henry Jones in the third yeah. movie. Like the, the character itself, the fact that it's there, like I can judge it that, like it's fine. I I don't really mind it too much, but I don't know. It just kind of feels out of place when you have this like weird greaser, you know, diner brawl in the movie, yeah. <laughs> an Indiana Jones movie, like very bizarre. Um, I yeah, I I like the idea of it more on paper than the actual actual execution. It was like the the odd couple part of it didn't come out as fun as it could have. I think mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in a way. Um, yeah. 
I think with like the atomic bomb and stuff though, that that's all it, it's trying so hard to tell you the time period it's in. Yeah. Right? It's, it's like, Oh, the, the Russians are the bad guys now there's atomic bombs. Yeah. And the greasers and greasers and yeah. So it's, it, it wants you to know time has passed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you know, you have a nice touching moment over like they're at home and it's professor slughorn, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever his name is. Yeah, supposed to be in this movie. Name. But, um, He's also in Game of Thrones, uh, but he's like, you know, we've gotten to the point where life quits giving us things and starts taking it away. And you see Marcus and uh, and his dad. So that's a nice little moment. And, um, yeah. you know, they get captured and they go to Peru and all this stuff. You know that when they find the the tomb of uh, what's this? something de Oriana, he's a conquistador. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of fun. I, you know, yeah. I had relative fun with that. Yeah, that wasn't, it was, it was some classic spelunking, Indiana Jones spelunking uh, scenes and whatnot. But um, the one part around there that as all, it bothered me the first time I watched it, uh, I, as someone who loved this movie, is him blowing the dart into the guy's throat. Yeah, that just have killed to be, him. Well, well, also, it'd mean it, the dart would have to be double sided. Yeah. Right. Cause like he's the guy was going to blow it out the one way. If he blows up the other way, then oh, it's, it wouldn't yeah. have injected into him or whatever. But yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the whole stuff with the crystal skull, the crystal skull itself looks pretty cool. Yeah. Like it's a pretty cool, cool prop. prop, like, and how they made it. Very cool design. You know, that's all pretty great. Um, but, uh, just trying to think of, uh, you know, you have the sequence. The fire ant stuff is pretty uh, fun, right? Yeah. Like the fire ants is that was pretty. kind of terrifying yeah. as a kid. That was that was probably the scariest part for me. That one guy just <laughs> all over yeah. and gets, kills him. gets dragged into yeah. the into the ant hill. Um, I had the Lego set of the jungle cutter. I did too. <laughs> that was pretty cool. It was a really cool Lego set. It's kind of a really dumb machine in the movie. Oh, really silly, but it's, it was a cool Lego set and it like would spin when you roll it. Yeah. And it was yeah. awesome. It was really cool. Um, so half of this conversation is us just Legos. talking about the Lego sets <laughs> that were out in 2008. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, that scene was fun. You have Marion just driving them off the cliff saying, trust me. And they just land in a tree and come down or whatever. Uh, Mac is a terrible character. Mac, is, Mac is just horrible. Like just, I, I'm sorry. Just like, Oh, he's a double agent. He's a, tri-. they even like make fun of it in the movie. They're yeah. Like, What are you a triple agent? No, I was just lying about being a double agent. It's like, Oh my gosh. It's just, just annoying. That's his entire character is anytime he talks, it's pretty much just trying to figure out if he's a double agent or whatever. And oh my God, he's, and it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me in context of the characters, why Indy would ever be friends with him. Cause he's clearly just driven by money. Yeah. Like, that's all he cares about. That's his whole character. And so it doesn't really make sense to me why Indy would be like really good friends with him in the first place. Which doesn't seem to align with like his previous, well, the way he, they portray his previous character too. Like yeah. he served in this, all these missions and all these yeah, things. It's yeah. like you would think if you served in that many, you wouldn't be like this. But I don't know. Yeah. But I don't, yeah, like I said, I I thought the 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 ending was kind of more fun when they're actually going in the waterfalls and then they get to the place and they're. 
going through and they're exploring some of the actual themes of the movie of like, oh, the knowledge and these were archaeologist aliens and that sort mm. of thing. I thought that was actually kind of cool. I did have the the Crystal Kingdom of the Crystal Skull Lego set. I think I also had that one. Yeah. Um, which is a really that good a Lego set. One. It was a pretty good Lego set of the actual thing. Like you could actually go through the different scenes and whatnot. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, it's, I, 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 I walked away thinking this movie is fine. Like it's really fine. It's not it's not horrible, really. I just think it's it just doesn't live up to any of the originals. Yeah, it's just it's mostly boring. It doesn't like the dated CG makes it look worse than lots the, of groundhogs. Yeah, lots of yeah, the the prairie dogs or whatever. I don't know why those are there. Um but yeah, the, the CG just kind of dates it. It makes it look worse than the older movies for the most part, honestly. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's its bizarre that it was, I, I mean, I guess it was mid 2000s. So CG was all the rage and it was the cool thing, but I don't know. It was one year after Transformers Holden. So, yeah. so there was a high bar. Of, I mean, Spielberg was hot off executive producing that movie. That's right. <laughs> um, what was I going to say now? Uh, I, I lost. Oh, okay. This is funny. I had no idea Kate Blanchett was in this movie oh, until really? I rewatched. I well, you know, I knew who Arena Spalko was when I was mm-hmm. little, but then rewatching, I'm like, oh my gosh, Arena Spalko's Kate Blanchett. I mean, I haven't seen it since it came out, so, so it's like that never clicked in my head as a kid because I didn't know who Kate Blanchett yeah, was yeah. when I was a kid. I, I didn't know as a kid either. I think I've probably found out since then. But so, and I'm not really thinking about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull a lot and yeah. her character, so. Her she, her performance is pretty good. Although there there's one part in this, not really anything against her. Like when she first comes, there's one moment where she's just talking with a British accent. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know if you noticed it, but like she starts out it's Russian and whatever, and she keeps that for most of the movie. But when she first is confronting Indy, there's like a line or two where it just sounds like a British accent. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I can see that peeking through Kate, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Her character was okay. I thought there was, you know, obviously wasted potential there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't have a ton to say about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I don't, I don't really remember any of the score that, yeah, like there, any specific pieces or I, anything. The one I do remember, and I remember it standing out to me when I was younger, was like when when he's like staring at the skull, kind of like, I, I don't remember. I can't like, I wouldn't be able to hum it, but I remember that standing out to me, kind of that whatever piece John Williams used for that. Yeah. Um, we didn't really mention Marion. Um, she's kind of pointless in this movie. I think like she's, she's good. I like it. She's great reprising her role, but she doesn't really serve much of a purpose. She didn't do as much yeah, as I remember her really doing. Do yeah. I remembered her being a bigger character when I previously watched her, but I watched the movie. Yeah. Um, John Hurt is, uh, the, the friend Oxley or whatever. Yeah. He's great. I, I I made a note in here that at the end of the movie when it's the wedding, I'm like, he cleaned up really well. I did not reckon. I was no, like, who is either. that guy? And he's like, thanks, Ox. I'm like, oh, that's the guy who's been crazy the, the rest of the movie. Every time I see John Hurt in something, I feel like he's always this disheveled, like, old guy. Like, he, like how he looks yeah. in this movie for most of it. So that's how, more how I'm used to seeing him. And then when I saw him at the end of the movie, yeah, I didn't even recognize him. Yeah. So, <laughs> And it's a nice touch when the hat blows in and Shia LaBeouf's going to put it on. Indy takes it. it, puts it on. I mean, that's a nice moment. Yeah. And then he walks away happily ever after, except 
there's a fifth movie coming out. So yeah, what the heck happens? Week. Is Indiana Jones gonna die? Probably. Probably. Um. <laughs> so a couple things I wanted to mention. One thing. Uh. They say I've got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, they the do. Movie, <laughs> which yeah. I thought that was funny. Um. I, I, the one line that really annoyed me was <laughs> they said their treasure wasn't gold. It was knowledge. Knowledge was their treasure. <laughs> it's just like, okay, we get it. Cool. Um, let's see. I did the, like the line where he's like, you're a teacher. He's like part-time part-time. Yeah. That was, that was a good, good line when he's, uh, when they're in the library and the kid asks them the question, that's a like, good yeah, moment. And they're right. That's a good moment. Get out of the, Get out of the classroom or library. The library. Yeah. You want to be a good archaeologist, you got to get out of the library. But he also says in the one of the other movies that 70% of archaeology is in the library, oh, is reading so or something. Yeah, he's contradicting himself. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little Maybe bit. he's learned over the years. Maybe. Um, the bit where they're sinking in the sand pit and he has to grab the snake. Oh, that was kind of funny. It's very, it's kind of stupid that that's yeah. what he grabs is a big snake, but. Yeah, I thought it was, I remember liking that when I was. I feel kid. like you could, but here's the deal. They went from being captured and then 10 minutes later, they're captured again. Yeah. Like that was completely unnecessary. It was pointless. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was I, just I a moment for Marion to say, he's your son. Yeah. So that's a good point. That is pretty much the entire purpose but of that scene. I mean, I, I can overlook it. It's all right. Yeah. Um, I feel like there is another big part. Oh, we, I mean, we didn't really talk about it too much. The jungle like chase thing. Um, the monkeys, it, the, okay. The monkeys look bad. The most of it is fine. It, it is obviously all like CG and like green screen, but like it's, it's very silly. I don't hate the mutt in arena, like sword fight on the scars. I think that's kind of fun. I think it looks pretty silly. Yeah, it is silly, but I was like, I'm, I was like, I was trying to find like little bits of action in here that I enjoy it. And that was one, probably like one of the only ones, but yeah, I don't know. Aside from that. I don't know. I, don't know I, think, that, I think that's it. Um, so my ranking is three, one, two, four. So far. Yeah, I think I'm actually in the exact same boat. So three, one, two, four. I think a lot of people are. Maybe flip one, yeah, three. Yeah, one and three's flipped a lot. Um, but yeah, usually two and four are the last. I remember when like I was con- so my dad, you know, when he first showed me these movies, he told me two was the worst. So I think for a long time I had myself convinced that two was worse than four. Because <laughs> I yeah. watched four and I liked it. And then I was like, oh well, no one likes two. But no, two's better than four. In my opinion, see what you did, Scott Sutter, ruiner, ruiner of the podcast. Um, I have a drink, Jimmy. Oh, should we do this right now? Sure, we can. Um, so it it uh goes with two different things. So one, it's called Crystal Skull Vodka. I had heard about this a few years ago, but it's Dan Aykroyd's vodka (laughs) brand. It's so bizarre. Um, I'd heard about it because apparently, like the advertising for it was very funny for a while. Um, but I thought it would be funny. We'll, we'll so if you hear bumps and stuff, that's Holden manipulating it with that. Oh, that was a nice noise. That was a nice little pop. That probably didn't get picked up by the microphone, but it was like a boop. I should have done it. I I, I would do it up close, but it's really and now he's, I don't want to. Yeah, now he's going to spill it all over our expensive recording yeah, equipment. We'll, uh, so Jimmy is not as much of a drinker as me, so we'll see how this. Uh, oh, golly. I won't give you as much. <laughs> Thank you. This is a one. T- yeah, that's good. Let's do that. <laughs> Ready to just taste rubbing alcohol. Yeah, here. it's literally just vodka. I thought about mixing. I don't, I don't put this over here. For 
There we go. <laughs> so I don't spend an hour trying to put that back on. But um, cheers to me to Indiana Jones, huh? There we go. To Indiana Jones, to archaeology. All right. Oh, golly, <laughs> that's terrible. That's kind of smooth, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go on to our final segment of the show now, which is, of course, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, Jimmy, this week, um, aside from (laughs) drinking this, how are you doing, by the way? That was... What my tongue is a little weird, tingly. <laughs> Mine is too. And actually, before I move on, it is uh, uh, it is pretty smooth for vodka. Uh, I'm not huge on just drinking straight vodka. It's definitely like a mixing thing, but um, you can do a lot worse. I'm not sure it's worth how much I spent on it. But it's very yeah. I didn't pay for it. Yeah, so I did go. it all for a bit for the podcast. So uh, you should all be appreciative. Of there it. you go. Now so I if you it. made it to a to over two hours into this, that's what your reward was. Yeah, it's Jimmy choking on vodka. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, this week I we um, need to do this fast only because we're literally running out of memory. Okay, so. okay, I'll do it quick. Um, so first off. Um, I finished the new Clone High series. I thought it w- it got better as it went. Um, the second to last episode, they it's like all a joke that it's like a like an awards contender episode, and they're playing off of it. But they also made like just a very good episode <laughs> that I'm huh. like, this could be award contender. It was like very emotional and weird, kind of out of place for the show, but it worked really well in context. So that was the best episode of the show, in my opinion. Um, season one's done with that. Um, it's always sunny, new season. I don't remember if I'd mentioned it before. Very funny though. Uh, four episodes in, it's really good so far. Um, Barry, um, just watching more of that still on season three. And then I'm still playing the kingdom hearts rhythm game. I'm going to platinum trophy at Jimmy. Nice. So <laughs> nice. what a great use of your time. Yeah. Sure. What about you, Jimmy? Uh, I have, I've only been able to watch one episode of Barry. So I have two episodes left, uh, of the entire series. Otherwise, yeah, we're really struggling to get that on. And there yeah, you go. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tight. Yeah. All right. Um, I have not been able to play like anything because I've been working <laughs> on that Mulan video, which is finally done. I think it's pretty good. You should check it out. Watch check it. out my Mulan video on the YouTube channel. Uh, yeah. Thank you for everybody for watching it this far. Obviously, I've spent most of the time this week just watching all the Indiana Jones stuff and Secret Evasion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, next week we will have Indy. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny yeah. for you, as well as Secret Invasion Episode 2. Very so exciting. I believe that's everything. Oh, I did watch the first, or not the first. It was like the shortest episode of the new Black Mirror season. How was it? Uh, it was all right. It Which, was the one, was it, it was about, oh God, what was the name of this? It was about the paparazzis uh, going after this actress, and it was all right. Okay. Uh, okay. It there's wasn't heard, wasn't messy. There's one I've heard isn't very good, but I don't know which one that is. So right. it was okay. Yeah. Um, right. for 40 minutes or whatever, it kind of just ends, which I was like, that's ah, all right. I wasn't that invested anyway. Okay. So yeah, that's my thoughts on that. So yeah, next week, Dial of Destiny, Secret Invasion episode two. Otherwise, I think that's all holding. So you can take us home. Yeah, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or email us at tompodcast at gmail.com or donate to our Patreon. And I believe that's it. Watch Jimmy's video. Yeah, sweet. Until next time, adios, pantalones. Love you.